Hello, everybody. It's Friday night and it's weekender time once more. On this week's show, we'll be taking a gentle saunter through the latest tabletop gaming and hobby news from across the industry. We'll also be checking out a couple of Kickstarters that have caught our eye. On top of that, summer is here. Our spring clean challenge is over and we'll be checking out the winners and maybe a few honourable mentions as well from across the categories later on in the show. It's a jam-packed one. But we've also got a big prize to give away from store.ontabletop.com. One lucky subscriber will be in with a chance to pick up the Space Marine Interdiction Battle Force. It's a heck of a mouthful. Uh, so if you want to be in with a chance to win, you need to pop a comment below and be a subscriber to the YouTube channel. If you can share us around and give us a thumbs up, all of that sort of good stuff, that really helps out as well. Otherwise, sit back and relax because your weekend starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Weekender. This week, I'm joined by Ben and Free. You've got the uh, the lean team. Cut away the cut away the fat. The gristle's I'm, gone. It's just us. I'm sitting in with a nice pint of Ben and Jerry's this Friday. Yes, oh, yeah. We've, we've not heard that in a while. I know. Not to bring it back. Very true, actually. That'll be it. It'll be plastered all over the comments now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we have some interesting things going on. First up, the back end of the show today uh, will mostly be about, well, it'll be entirely a bit about the Spring Clean Challenge. Uh, we've been through the project system. I've basked in all of your goodness and uh, managed to whittle it down to, well, I've managed to whittle it down to the winners. I've also included a few of the uh, honourable mentions. I could have included so many more, but we'll get to that <laughs> later on. Uh, so you've that to look forward to towards the end of the show. Uh, but before we kick into the show, uh, we're going to be talking about a big announcement from Corvus Belli about mm, Infinity. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the Infinity Worldwide campaign has been announced. It will be running from the 11th of July to the 25th of July, and they'll be running it in conjunction with ourselves and using the War Console once again. This time round, it's called the Durgama Takeover. Uh, so if people have been paying attention, and if you haven't, why haven't you? Uh, Rave and I, the most recent book, uh, came out ooh, top of the year. Yeah. And this follows on immediately from the events after that. Uh, so the campaign itself will be running across those two weeks. And it will be running 
both on the Dergama Peninsula, which is on Concilium Prima, the planet below Raveneye, and you'll be able to fight out across uh, these various areas. I believe the uh, combined army are coming in from the southern tip of the peninsula and working away inland. Uh, but apart from that, it will also be taking place on board Raveneye Station yeah. itself. And whoever controls the station will control sort of air superiority. Uh, so you've very much got a combined arms effect for the combined army, which mm -hmm. is uh, interesting. Uh, if you don't want your forces to be shot out of the sky by giant laser beams, uh, then you probably need to make best use of controlling both the Raven Eye station, but also keeping an eye on the prize on the ground itself. Uh, so if you're interested in getting involved in that, there'll be more details coming up both on Infinity's website and over on tabletop.com as well in the coming more weeks. More console will be back. Yeah. More console will be back in a big way. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know the address but i don't think it's been shared yet so i'm not going to say um <laughs> don't go there <laughs> it's all don't broken go there. Don't go there. tom and tim and lloyd will throw things at my head if you yeah. attempt to log in there and break it ready yeah. uh, but it should be a lot of fun it rounds out towards the end of july and then immediately after that you'll start seeing some of the big announcements coming from uh gen con i think then as well yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah. so a packed month for infinity players uh, and obviously, if you're not into Infinity already and you've been toying with the idea, um, probably a good way to get into it is to yeah. take part in a campaign like this because uh, you've got a, a slow model count. And even if you just want to play something like Code 1. Um, yeah, pick up one of those the, packs and dive in. Yeah, yeah get, get the pack, get a couple of friends and, and hammer into it. Um, just spray them, prime them up in a, in a color of the <laughs> army's choice, yeah. you know, and wouldn't worry about too much then. But it's yeah. War Crow. I'm looking forward to from Corvus Belly. Oh, yeah. It's getting that fantasy year, yeah. spring coin. Getting that fantasy spring coin. Well, we'll hear more Corvus about that Belly. towards the end of the year, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but right now, uh, we're going to go straight into the news. No Indie of the Week this week. Sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm taking there all may, the Indie time. There may be a morsel. Projects. There may be a morsel for you in tomorrow's show well sorry on sunday's show so mm. if you want to go and check out that maybe i'll have some fun stuff for you there but there, there we go so. <laughs> there you yeah. go that's an incentive join us on the xlbs with the rest of the cogs yeah and see what uh, ben Jamino is talking about uh, but otherwise let's just kick straight into the news coming to you from the center of northwestern europe Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that you love. It's the news. <laughs> uh, so we're starting things off this week with the folks from Firelock Games. Um, a little while ago, I think it was like last year, was it? We did a Let's Play where we went through uh, War Stories um, in its sort of early stages of development, which is a World War II role-playing game by the folks at, uh, at Firelock. By Gabriel Garcia. Um, we sat down and played the game. It was really good fun. Uh, for those people that are not uh, in the know about it, you'll be playing as paratroopers, tank crews, regular old Joes, resistance fighters, um, war correspondents, and all that kind of thing, fighting out uh, sort of battles and discovering scenarios and all that kind of thing set during Operation Overlord um, in World War II. Um, it uses the Year Zero engine. So if you're familiar with Tales from the Loop uh, or Mutant Year Zero and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, you'll be very familiar with the system. It uses a pool of dice, looking for D6s. But obviously, the, there's lots of things that have been tweaked and added in here to make it much more lethal, um, as we found out when we played the game. <laughs> I was... Uh, 
done up like a kepper by Justin. I think you were, yes. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> uh, we actually, because obviously we have the the actual play or the let's play. You can go and check out for yeah. that. And we also have an interview talking a little bit more in depth about designing the game and all that mm. kind of thing. If you want to dive in and give it a go, the core rulebook is available to pre-order right now. Uh, going to be available later on in the year physically, although it's also going to be available digitally sooner than that, which is kind of awesome. Uh, they're also doing this rendezvous, rendezvous with Destiny campaign book that you see there, which will come with oodles and oodles of historical information, maps, background, campaigns, missions, everything you could think of for playing out Operation Overlord mm-hmm. as said characters during World War II, which I think is really great. Um, as as is the case with all the things that Firelock Games do, they always try and hit it's the cool. historical accuracy thing. Mm. Um, so, like, this is very, very sort of on brand for that. Um, so much so that when we were playing the Let's Play, the, the, whoever, who, who, the guy who was uh, leading us through it all was like, ah, so we, should we change that to make it more realistic and that mm. kind of thing, which was kind of awesome. So uh, it's very cool. Um, in addition to the books, uh, and you've also got a GM screen as well that you can pick up. They're also doing the dice and the weapons pack as well. So the weapons pack would be great for you to quickly reference in the middle of combat and all that mm. kind of thing as well. And then the dice... They're standard D6s and a D, standard D10 for the most part, but they have special symbols on them to indicate your special successes and failures and all that kind yeah. of thing as well, which is kind of cool. So you can use them as normal D6 in your games of bolt action, <laughs> uh, but you could also then just use them at, uh, you know, in, in the game of um, War Stories to give you a little bit more immersion and so that it's easily recognisable when you're rolling dice and trying to get successes and all that kind of thing as well. The, the- great thing about this for me um both when we were playing and when i was talking to gabe about the concepts behind it was unlike a a standard rpg where you have your character and everybody around the table has a character and that's it in this you have the whole platoon um they may not all feature they may be background or supporting characters a la band of brothers but it means because it is as historically accurate as they can make it. So if you break a leg, you're not back next week because you've slept twice and therefore healed your maximum hit points. <laughs> you're out for six to eight weeks um, while that yeah. busted leg is fixed. So that character is sent off to get medic'd up. And then somebody else lucky or something. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> else yeah. from the background characters of the, yeah. the the platoon comes forward and you play them. Or maybe you've got a sniper team in that platoon. They're not going to be in every single adventure every single app ep- if yeah. you think of it like the tv series band of brothers every episode you won't get them all the time but occasionally they may be called on at which yeah. point then maybe you swap out your character and another one of the group's character for that sniper team and they go off and do that little mission so you, you get the idea that you're not playing four people in the middle of the war you're playing this whole group the whole platoon or squad or whatever it happens to yeah. be um and people are, are are coming to the fore uh, and their characters grow as the as the campaign goes on so you may just have names for them originally um but then later on you'll maybe have to use buck and buck comes forward and it turns out he's from missouri and you know he's a a poacher or whatever you know and and his character develops and his stats then get fleshed out and, yeah. and you end up by the end of the campaign with this whole slew of characters rather than just the three or four that you happen to have been playing with throughout so i really like that idea of of how they've put together the uh the yeah. combat for it and the, the, the nice the nice thing about it as well because it's the year zero engine character creation is really quick and easy yeah. so like there's there's not like 
when you make a D&D character, think about making sort of a billion mages or something. You think of all the spells you'd have to remember and all that kind of stuff in order to do that. With this, it's a lot more, obviously, it's a little bit more realistic <laughs> in that sense. You've only got to, you know, work out some background and all that kind of thing. So it's a lot more narratively focused, which I think yeah. is really nice. And, you know, you could easily just make this platoon very, very quickly. Oh, yeah. And I'll throw this little rinky-dink tip out there for both players and games masters alike. The hardest part of running a game is normally coming up with a name. Oh. Because you just end up with stealing a character's name or somebody from real life. So all of a sudden you've got five Winston Churchills or whatever, and it's a big <laughs> factor. It's very, it's, very, it's very common. It's very difficult not to have Tom Hardy and Tom Hiddleston in your party. <laughs> Go online, Google census results for yeah. a year yeah. as close to whatever you're playing. So census results, America, 1930 and then you'll just get like a massive sheet of names of people who existed and you just go down through them and it's very good for npcs as that's well that's a for great GMs. idea just that's yeah. my little tip to you that's great i'm just endlessly talking about it now but the other thing that i think is really nice about this game as well is because it's set in the real world mm -hmm. it encourages the use of maps photography yeah. all that kind of thing so all this stuff is readily available. You don't have to draw maps and all that kind of thing. You can just use, you know, not satellite imagery, but you know what I mean, plain yeah. photos and all that kind of thing yeah, that yeah. were taken at the time in order to map out where locations are and all that kind of thing. So it's, I know I haven't seen the, the final version yet, but I know when Gabe was putting it together, all of yeah. the maps he was using were the actual US military maps mm -hmm. oh, wow. that they used in World War II because yes. they're all available online, I think, as a resource via the, the US military's website, so you can Google it. Cool. But it's it's yeah. great just seeing those sort of topographical uh -huh. maps um, because it really puts you in the uh, in the setting. Yeah. There we go. Sticking with RPGs. Sticking with RPGs. Historical we are. So the Fallout RPG's been out just over a year now. Uh, we've got special edition boxes, digital dice, digital dice, digital demos, dice. A huge rule book. And it's still quite new, in all fairness. I don't think that it's 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 fresh. But if you do have that 438-page chunky rule book, you might have been a bit overwhelmed in how to get started. You don't know where to begin, i.e. no rule book. But now, Modifius is welcoming you to the Wasteland. So they've got a two players into getting started in nuclear wreckage, beyond belief, across the Commonwealth and around Boston with a new Fallout RPG two-player starter set. So, starting the adventure, you'll be diving into the Radiate Ruins of downtown Boston. So, it's quite aptly named Welcome to the Wasteland. And it will come bound in a 60-page booklet, and you'll be going out as survivors, goals, su uh, super mutants, robots, and you'll get to explore and wander rotting streets bravely. So, it's set... To design for two players to get into the box. So okay. next cool. to the quest book clear, you've got an abbreviated and short version of the rules. Um, you've got a basic introduction to the world uh, in 56 pages. And you've got a full scope of the dice that you need, which are Fallout themed, the D20s, um, and a couple of D6s as well. And you've got 56 of your Nuka-Cola tokens that you need, as well as some pre-generated <laughs> 
characters just in case you want to chuck yourself in oh, without cool. creating something. Yeah. I really like these starter sets that publishers are making. And I've bought over quite a few over the last years, actually. I bought the Animal Adventures one. I've bought the One Brick one. I've bought the Cyberpunk Red Jumpstart kit was quite good as well. And I'm not yet to try one from Modiphius yet. I know that they had the Star Trek Adventures one with the same kind of stuff inside as mm. well. But they're quite a low cost entry point considering for what you get in them. And it's great if, a, if both of you are pitching in as well. And it's really good. And they're really great introductions to a world without being too overwhelmed and yeah, raising the whole wall book. Yeah. And just taking too much in. So mm. it's really, really interesting. But I've been tempted by Fallout before I played a lot of Fallout in all fairness uh, but pre-Modifius uh, not pre-Modifius pre-Bethesda but there's the, the fact that there's a 68 page quick start guide if you're not sure about committing over on their website as well so if you do go on their store there's a free download for you to just get to have a look at the quick start guide which has got all you need really and all you need is just some pencils some paper some things to switch out your tokens for um, if you do want to have a look before you do purchase two play start set or a big chunky full book. So That's if you are feeling a pull of some post-apocalyptic, um, you can head over and get in a quick start guide, a two play starter set, a rule book. There's many different options to get involved into Fallout RPG. Um, so this is going on to pre-order for a release in August. It's fascinating that they've decided to make it a um, two-player Mm-hmm. Starter set as well, rather than yeah. when going for a, a full party. Just to start with a lone yeah. survivor in the uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of lends itself to that, I suppose, because what little I know about the game is it's generally just one person walking around getting attacked by <laughs> about as, mutated things across yeah. the wasteland. Yeah, what's obviously quite nice about that too is that because because obviously Medipius do the wasteland warfare game as well. If you yes, want to, as Jerry would say, play role-playing games incorrectly, incorrectly. you could introduce uh, miniatures into the mix as well and do some stuff with that, which is quite nice. The Maybe fun. play out sort of role-playing scenarios, and then if you wanted to do something a little bit bigger and a little bit more hefty, introduce loads of miniatures in and play the actual skirmish game at the same time. So it's a the really fallout nice sort of like, yeah. terrain is gorgeous as well. There yeah, there's a really the nice fallout job terrain is gorgeous. So there's loads again if you want to play role Very cool. <laughs> on the tabletop. So yeah, quite interesting for Fallout RPG. Yeah. I wonder if, I mean, you say there are pre-gen characters in there, but I wonder how difficult it would be to run the starter set for a full group. I can't imagine it would be you that. You probably could do, I imagine. Full. You would say so. Without um, If they've got enough characters in there, just it is an adventure, so. Yeah, so. I'm just currently seeing if I can find the... Oh, I found it. Here we go. Because <laughs> I'm by nature curious. I'm a nosy person. Absolutely. We know this. Need answers, Jerry. Yeah, I always need answers. Uh, so I found the getting... Ah, oh, that's oh, the Western Warfare one. Yeah. Oh, is that, yeah. that's not the RPG. That's their... No. That's the ah, yeah. annoying. In that case, <laughs> I haven't found it. I tell you what, it's a pain, it's a pain to find. If you go on to the game, so go on to your role playing role playing game, scroll down and it's in there. I I went on to all role playing games, filtered it down to Fallout RPG, and then had all of their products. So there's Fallout. It's not. Ah, it's not in sci fi. (laughs) It's not on sci fi. But go if you go on RPGs. That's where I found it. Just across RPGs and filtered it down to two D twenty RPGs, maybe. Yeah, like looking in. There you go. Fallout RPG. There you go. And if you go to their store with their all products of their um, 
Oh, there's a few different ways for you to sort of have a look at it. There's loads of ways to getting involved if you do want to go in. But I do really appreciate that not only is the free kick, uh, kickstart guide there, that you can um, have the two-plus starter set without getting older the big jumpy walks. I'll It'll add a link. I'll, I'll, I'll grab you a link. There <laughs> you go. Free downloads. I will find it. Oh, you got it. Have you got it? It yeah. was in their store. Uh, there we go. I would assume it's in the free downloads bit as well. Because otherwise I'd, otherwise I'd cry. <laughs> well, there's human, robot, and pre-gen characters anyway. Oh, there you go. So, so if you've got you those, yeah. you should be able to expand the other one. Because as, cool. as, nice as, as nice as having the little compact Bijou little um, one, I was going to say 1v1, well, it's technically, technically it's not versus, although if... if you're my type of GM, then yes, it is versus your players. Uh, but it would be nice that you you can get the starter set and expand it in some way. That would be wonderful. So if you've got the rules and you can get a couple of extra character sheets, you should be able to go nuts. Well, that's, this is what I'm saying content. about price entry. If you're splitting that between two, that's even cheaper. If you're splitting it between a group, it's a great way to get involved in all fairness. See if you like it, give it a go. Don't like it, don't buy more book. Where are we off to next, Ben? Yeah. Uh, RPGs behind, are we? Yes, yeah, so we're leaving RPGs behind, and we're heading to uh, a strange and twisted world <laughs> with Idols of Torment, uh, which is the game that we have talked about in the past from Black Magic Crafts. Um, so this is the uh, new skirmish game that's going to be coming to Kickstarter later this year. Um, I think it's around, sort of around September time they're going to be aiming to bring it out. Um, initially, the game was just going to be uh, sort of effect- effectively the rule book, mm. uh, and then you just sort of dived in with whatever miniatures you had to, ha- had to hand. You can still do that. You can, you know, use whatever miniatures you've got lying around and use them and sort of, you know, customize them up and all that kind of thing and just play out the game on the tabletop. Mm-hmm. However, they recently announced that they are working alongside Crippled God Foundry, who are a 3D printing mm-hmm. master house, effectively, <laughs> uh, to uh, create a range of bespoke miniatures for you to use in the game for the various factions called the Orders. So... They showed off two of them already, which you can see sort of highlighted there, Mm -hmm. uh, which um, are sort of, they kind of tie into the traditional kind of like seven deadly sins kind of thing, but then with a little bit of a twist here and there. Um, All of them feel like they've been taken from the cover of a metal album, which I think. (laughs) <laughs> it is very much that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so they're working on creating those, which are going to be a fun. They're going to be 3D printable, but they're also potentially working at creating um, physical miniatures for those as well, which is kind of nice. This then goes alongside the um, STL files for the Lost, which are kind of like your objectives in the game. Because mm-hmm. actually what you do in um, Eyes of Torment is you're not hunting down like treasures and that kind of thing. You're actually hunting down human souls that you want to use in order to reap them back into your collection to you know feed your faction and all that kind of stuff, which I think is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be available as STLs, but also a plastic sprue, which is quite nice. This is showing off some of the other bits and pieces they're working on as well. So they're actually going to be doing uh, so uh, token sets and all that kind of thing that you can use in the game, which is kind of cool. Those little um, uh, candle markers are going to be used oh. to designate different character types and all that kind of thing. So if you have multiples of the same, you can use that to denote who's who and all that kind of stuff, which I think is really nice. Uh, and that was just a little bit of a shot of mm. what they've been working on at the moment for uh, with Crippled God Foundry. Um, I think there's like six or so factions in the game. I think it's maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, but 
so honestly they've worked on two of them there's going to be another like so yeah you go one two three i think there's four yeah so you've got the yes. two it's the ones between the ones on the side Bellicus, so you've got scorn the vein Decus, it's, it's, yeah no, no. So the insane, the insatiate, the vile, the vain. Ah, right. Those ah, are the factions the of the order. The yeah, yeah. Right. So they've done the two of them at the top. So it's the scorn and the vain. Uh, so you've got the scorn who are all sort of about, about sort of blood and destruction, all that kind of stuff. And then this the vain cool. kind of like pretty themselves up and are like demons wearing like strange, uncanny, like beautiful, weird masks and like oh, stretch yeah. skin and all that kind of thing. Uh, it's very weird. Their models are all kind of like weird ballet dancers and all that kind of stuff, which That's I think is kind of cool. So. Yeah, pretty nice. Uh, but um, yeah, the game should be coming out uh, by Kickstarter in September. Um, as a sort of general overview of the game itself, as I say, it's a skirmishy style game played on a very small board, sort of like two by two, very focused on the idea of creating fascinating, interesting uh, terrain and all that kind of stuff at the same time uh, as, as the miniatures themselves. And uh, yeah, looks like it's going to be really good fun. And uh, they've been working on it for quite a while now. Mm. Very much a labour of love, I think. Uh, and it'll be fun to see where it goes. So uh, so, yeah. yeah, it'd be fascinating. I imagine, obviously, Black Magic has got a massive um, following anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I imagine yeah. it, it will be uh, well-funded and followed by people. But I'd be curious to see the, the uptick from people outside of the, the sort of the circle, let's say, the, his sphere of influence. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it has such a um, Dante-esque... Yes, stalking through yeah. the, the so. circles and, and then yeah. through the underworld that uh, I can see a lot of people picking up for the aesthetic, especially yes. with the actual miniatures being available yeah. and not having to go out every way to find them or source them because they, they are such an unusual thing. I mean, getting your damned souls is fairly easy. There are plenty of Roman civilians and, and zombies and stuff like yeah. that that would do the, the, the trick of the pinch. Um, but actually having some nice haunted shades of people past staggering mm. around the board to be uh, preyed upon is yeah. just so much more fun. I know that uh, massive skinned ring of thing. Oh, exactly. I saw that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I think um, the nice thing about the game is that it encourages you to be creative and delve into your bits box and all that kind of stuff mm. as well. And I think a lot of people are moving towards games that do that kind of thing, where they're stepping away from playing mass battle stuff with very regimented you know, groups of troops and all that kind of stuff, and playing around with the idea of just, you know, doing what we did back in the day, diving into a bits box and just making some weird stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, that's so, very on brand for so, Black Magic Craft, isn't it? Yes. Hit <laughs> bash your yeah. way through it. So, yeah, it's well worth checking out that video uh, if you want to get yeah. a better look at things and all that kind of stuff and find out a little bit more about the game and, and all that kind of thing. Because the, the website's been updated since it was, uh, since we last talked about it. So, yeah. oh, very cool. Go. Very cool. Uh, sticking with dead things. I'm <laughs> dead. Look at that segue, Jerry. Right, so most people have got a copy of Exploding Kittens, have they? I'd be very surprised if most people don't. I've got two. Any, you know, you've got two. I've got I two. Won't. I've got the not safe for work version and I've got the regular version. Oh, no, I've, I've, I've got both twice. <laughs> this one set's still sealed. Because you know. have to. In all fairness, it is everywhere and... I didn't know. As well as that, there's a Netflix animated series with Lucy Liu and Tom Ellis, and that's not the news, by the way. So no, I'm no, just no, don't no. take it's, Yeah, <laughs> just the fact that Exploding Sentence is coming to Netflix is just I, did, I didn't know I needed that in my life. But anyway, right, I digress. We're still with Exploding Kittens, though. 
right? Politics is always played on my table and we'll team up and we form allies to manipulate a game when I'm playing through. And that's merely to punish the one cheater that I know this in the room and the sore losers. And <laughs> I often play my own game of exploding kittens, hold a ton of diffuses until very bitter end. And I'll either and supply a bit of support and target attacks and providing favours when I can throughout the day to said foul player who's sitting around the table. And at some point, thanks to an unstoppable exploding kitten, I do end up out the game and twiddling my thumbs or mediating, really. Um, and <laughs> exploding kittens have now released a new way to play the game with a chance to cause some chaos from beyond the grave. See, there's that undead. <laughs> zombie right there. kittens. Yeah, oh, with yeah. zombie kittens. So you don't have to sit out anymore. There's oh, a new cool. set of cards and there is the addition of absolute fluffery through the kitty veil. And you can support <laughs> or you can chaos until the last survivor is standing. So it's a new mechanic being added into the game. Unless it's pretty tense. I mean, I've been there. There isn't much downtime with Exploding Kitten other than yeah, when yeah. the player has been out. But this has removed that completely, adding a zombie kitten card out for out of players and they get to throw in some revenge until the game is over. Oh, so that's cool. Yeah. It can be combined with a current set of Exploding Kittens or two <laughs> of Jerry's. Um, <laughs> so you might have a not safe for work one with the great artwork on it. Uh, but you might have another expansion. Imploding Kittens is brutal if anybody's mm. played that. Um, but if you do want to play this as a standalone, you can. So you can pick this up for a absolute huge game of Exploding Kittens or just a small game of Summer Kittens. So mm. it's already released over in the States at Target if you are in the vicinity. And it's later heading over to Walnut, but it does look like the set is already on Amazon if you do want to pick it up. I did find it on Amazon for 20 quid. So I just, I really love something that was fundamentally just quite a simple game. It's just grown so much. And the downtime for me, as I said, I always end up twiddling my thumbs by the end of the game, waiting for a finish. It, it, it's, it's gone for the chance for it to go yeah, on. And you yeah. can add in the mechanic. It's just player, uh, quite player, nice. player elimination is always a, a, a sticky subject. But, and yeah. you know, as you're saying, Exploded Kittens plays quite quickly anyway. But I yeah. like the fact that they've put this thing where you can kind of like get your own back almost by diving back in and blowing some people up and all that. Yeah. I mean, go on, Joe. I was going to say, obviously, you can play multiple players around the table. If you're playing two or three, there's not a huge amount of downtime because once the first person goes, the other person will go soon after normally yeah, but it's when, you get up, it's when you get up to the five or six people sitting around the table yeah, yeah, at yeah. that point i would probably introduce this you yeah. know once you had sort of four people around the table and you know that there's going to be a bit That's of back cool. and forth um so that eliminates that issue but i see that if you're playing it as the standalone they're still reckon about 15 minutes per game yeah. it tends to be quite frantic once people know the rules and the rules aren't difficult at all um then you can you can really hammer through the games quickly I think my Exploding Kittens deck has got about 120, I think it's 188 cards in it, the Exploding Kittens deck, and this one's got 61 cards. I think I would realistically use this as an expansion, so mm. use it when I want to use it. I wouldn't have the mechanic in all the time, but it's really nice to add that mechanic. Um, it's a really good, uh, nice thing for Exploding Kittens, Fun and stuff. I'm quite excited. Yeah. I absolutely love the oatmeal artwork as well. I love the oatmeal, just, I know. It's so great. That's why they're not safe for work deck is worth it because the artwork is truly blissful you've not lived until you've played bears versus babies i love bears versus babies bears versus i really really want to play mantis have you seen mantis yeah i've seen mantis mantis looks great it's about all the colors that mantis sees oh yeah the Mm. oatmeal fantastic how are you going to do a segue on this one jerry i'm really interested 
oil, you know. <laughs> I, I exploding kittens to exploding tank to. shells. <laughs> I just don't, yeah, yeah. You, you go we, on there, Ben. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, uh, we move from exploding kittens to uh, flames of war, because that's a natural segue. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, everybody will know that Bold German <laughs> is the new book that came out quite recently and was a great opportunity to dive in and play out this huge offensive uh, by the Germans pushing through into the winter during the winter uh, in the sort of late war period. Um, building on everything that came out with the initial book, we now got a whole bunch of additional um, infantry that you can uh, throw into the game as well. Um, so we have the new Volksgrenadier Assault Platoon, which will come with a huge amount of STG 44s. <laughs> that is a filthy amount. <laughs> yes. Um, as, uh, as they've explained when they were talking about this, you know, that is a pretty fearsome, uh, assault weapon and there's no wonder why the Germans had it in so many in so, in so many numbers um, so yeah if you're looking to basically just chase the allies out of buildings under a hail of fire then that's the way to go with this one but you also get some stuff in there for taking out vehicles as well so you've got the Panda Shrek anti-tank teams at the same time too which is pretty awesome mm. and also the MG42s which is always nice one of the big things about planes of war you're going to need infantry to hold a lot of objectives so you know using these kind of things is a pretty good way to go um, in addition to the Volksgrenadier Assault Platoon, there's also the Volksgrenadier 7.5-centimeter gun platoon mm. as well. So if you want to throw some big, nasty uh, infantry guns into the game, you can do that as well. These were pretty maneuverable and all that kind of thing as well, so they were very handy for moving around to just the right spot to take out allied emplacements and in advancing infantry, which is kind of awesome. Everybody loves a nice pack 40. They're all exactly. always on the tabletop. Yeah. Uh, and then to cap things off for the infantry side of things, we also have the Fauschenjäger uh, Assault Rifle Platoon as well. So once again, the return of the STG-44s. <laughs> if you want to be rushing in and kicking ass and taking names, a pretty hefty platoon for you to throw on the table, very much in that sort of spirit of just rushing forward and sort of overwhelming your foes on the tabletop, which I think is kind of cool. So you've got those two different types of, uh, of infantry units to play around with. You've got the Vox mm. Grenadier, or you can go slightly more specialised with the, the Falschmjäger as well if you want to, which is kind of awesome there. Um, capping things off. Oh, sorry, Jerry, were you going to say something? There? No, no, no. You, okay. You, <laughs> so, yeah. you, you were circling. I was I'm, like, oh, is you? <laughs> I'm just thinking, Phil. No, it, it is filth. just goes through it my head. Over it. Oh, no. <laughs> well, if you want some additional filth, you can Pretty throw cool. in the ME two six two fighter bomber flight as well. Mm. Um, so these were the early jets that were used by the Germans, uh, and as you might imagine, in an age of propeller based planes, the jet is fast. <laughs> so if you want to be taking out a lot of um, targets on the ground, zoom these across the board hammer the uh, armoured column that's running up the road and then get out of there before the uh, allies have even got a chance to start turning their guns on you, which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, a little bit of an interesting segue between sort of like the late war period of World War II into sort of moving into the jet age and all that kind of stuff later on down the line. Um, but yeah, some very cool stuff there for you to play around with if you like your Germans and you want to basically just hammer the allies off the table. So there we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, with the, that output. The Sturmvogel was... Uh, it was a thing of beauty. Mm. Um, weirdly, they started building it. You said it was late war. They started building it in 41. Oh, it okay, just right. took them that long to get it three right years to yeah. stop it exploding. <laughs> and the best way, um, I used to play a game called uh, Sturmovic, right? which was a, an aircraft PC game years ago. And it was interesting at the time because they built the planes like they would build the planes. So they had an internal structure 
and, and this is early 2000s, so probably very common today, very rare back then. So if you fired a shot and it would go through superstructure, would go through the superstructure. But if you fired a shot that went through a gap between two bars, it would just puncture a hole through whatever happened to be tarp or, or uh, sheet metal. So it wouldn't yeah. do any damage. And we there were things like the uh, Sturmvogel and the um, Gotha in there as well, which were both jet engines. And we tried to play them and trying to keep the revs up so that you didn't stall. But at the same time, you didn't explode the jet engine. You had to find oh, a sweet wow. spot in between. Oh. It was so tricky. Yeah. And at the same time, you would come zipping past the screen. And we ended up playing a biplane against one of these. And you had to line up from like seven kilometers away and come zooming in <laughs> and get one shot before you disappeared over the horizon <laughs> in the other direction. Um, so it was very peculiar. And I imagine for a lot of the other um, fighters in World War II, it was something very similar yeah, where yeah, these jets yeah. came out of nowhere. Uh, obviously, some of the slower jets that could keep up with them because uh, the V1 and V2 rockets mm -hmm. had very similar propulsion and you could keep up with them in things like uh, Spitfires. But... Yeah, interesting, interesting piece of kit. Yeah, it, tabletop for, it definitely uh, throws some interesting things in there for that bulge period and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's why I and, always bring anti-aircraft, even if exactly. my opponent doesn't yeah. doesn't say he's got <laughs> Just an in aircraft. Case. Just in case, yeah. <laughs> always have it. And also keep an eye out for more stuff in the very near future. We can't talk too many specific well actually we can't talk any specifics about what's we coming up we but, can't talk about any specifics but quite a lot of companies have got stuff yeah. up for pre-order so, yeah, so if you're just, interested uh, yeah. google flames of war pre-orders yeah. you'll find them yeah you'll find them everywhere yeah. <laughs> anywho that side um sticking with the german theme nice yeah that's a good one yeah i like it. <laughs> um if you've been looking for a fun and engaging board game to play with kiddies or just something quite quick and dexterous the spiel district winner has been announced and i apologize to any german viewers to how i've just Tim booked that it. Yeah, the, the, uh, and, the, the, the Kinderspiel des Jahres. The Kinderspiel des Jahres, that one, that one. <laughs> and I apologise for any German word I say up until this point. So <laughs> any uh, any spiel winner comes with a great recommendation. So these categories are your gaming year equivalent. And there's three. The first has been announced, and this is the best child-friendly game. So Magic Mountain, or in its native language, Zauberberg. Um, again, Zauberberg. Zauberberg. <laughs> I don't think I sound firm enough, but anyway, uh, this was awarded the champion of the Kinderspiel category. So this is encouraging either one scheming mystic or up to six people to trundle down a reckless mountain path oh, um, cool. and make their way to the bottom to reach their final destination. So it's an uneven pathway, as you can see, and they're going to be hoping to knock their wizards one step in the right direction, matching spaces uh, on the board with their marbles. But as cool. you can yeah. see, it's not just the wizards making their way down there, it is the witches as well, and you've got a chance to knock them too. It is players' interest to only get the wizard down to the bottom in their destination. Uh -huh. yeah. It's pretty simple. Mm. Players are just going to aim and get in four of their wizards down to the bottom before three witches get there first. Oh, as, wow, that's nice. Yeah. As I said, it's for one to six players, and I love that it can be played solo as all yeah, two, yeah. as the winning mm. condition stays the same. So it's mm -hmm. not much of an enduring game. It's pitched for five plus. It's got a full, uh, you can have a full stack of six players inside and it's a nice 15 minute game. Mm -hmm. So it was up against two other awesome titles as well. So if you're looking for more recommendations for child friendly titles, 
do check out the nominees out on the Spill website. But we've not got too long as well until the other two are announced. That's the Kenneth Spill and the Spill Des Jones. Uh, winners uh, and that's coming on the 16th of July uh, and there's some great titles up as well from the likes of Osprey and Flat Out Games them. so yeah yeah I think this is a flicky game it looks like dexterity rolling well, dexterity but yeah because you roll the, the the marbles from the top mm-hmm. and then they'll hit the different things and they'll oh there's uh, I'd miss the marbles yeah. the will, the marbles. they're called will of the wisps so you get knocked marble and they'll knock them right yeah. The thing you know, is I completely clear. blanked those even on that page and I'm going <laughs> blend in I'm, how I'm, they try, I'm trying to work out whether or not it was flicking them one <laughs> step at a time but but well, that's I think, oh that's even more irritating because it's like a bagatelle board then yeah yeah, yeah. I, I have a, I have a bagatelle board back at my parents <laughs> house. Of I love that game um, but um, the thing I, I really like about this is that it actually it ticks all those boxes that the, the, the Kinderspiel always does where mm, it's yes. like it's a kids game that's very easy to dive into because it's a very simple concept you need to get the witch, uh, the wizards to the bottom before the witches. But then it throws in some really interesting little twists mechanically where you've got to work out pathing and you've got to yeah. work out where you're going to send the marbles, the will of the wisps and all that kind of stuff. So it takes into a little bit to that next level with strategy. I think it's really cool. So that is a really awesome, yeah. I think that's a w- really worthy winner. Oh man, I can, I, well, hopefully we'll be at Spiel this year and I'll, I want to go and... Oh, I'd be definitely oh, up to play this. There's a marble... There you go. It's in motion. Which roughly from behind. <laughs> Look it's at the vibration motion. on that head. Yeah. That that blue wizard witch. slash witch looks very familiar. Isn't she in Disney? Haven't I seen her before? Is that um, the blue witch from... I, I, it's, I, it's I, all I remember is it being right? animated. I just remember... It is quite familiar. club blue yeah. witch. Yeah. I think oh, generic blue... Bad green face, maybe obvious, but yeah, I'd definitely give this a go. I think, as well as that, is if the best thing with dexterity games as well is I found I've put a lot of kids' games into my adult nights as well, just to oh, yeah, I put them as warm up to kind of so many, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'd definitely be, yeah, bringing this one. As I said, if you're looking for recommendations, uh, though, these awards do come at their highest, so definitely worth giving a look. Okay, dokie. And sticking with magic for a final news story. Oh, yeah. Uh, so from Magic Mountains to Arcane Cataclysms, um, a new box set has been announced by Games Workshop for Warhammer Age of Sigma. Don't worry, the Mortal Realm still exists, even though we've been in 30k and 40k for about what seems like a millennium. Um, so uh, this is a new box set that will see the uh, Lumineth Realm Lords fighting against the disciples of Zench or Zinch, however you want to say it. I think they say Zinch now. Um, but yes, uh, this will come with two new plastic models leading the factions. Um, so you have the Sinari Enlightener, who you see there in the artwork, who is a mix and match of uh, magical and martial prowess, who is going to be going up against the Changeling, who a lot of people will remember from Warhammer Fantasy Battles, um, now has a new revamped plastic miniature with this little tiny fellow on his shoulder. <laughs> As everyone on social media said, that guy in the helmet is literally just saying to everybody, he won't shut up. He just keeps talking. It's, it's impossible to get any sleep. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So those two uh, spellcasters are going to be leading the way alongside the Venari Dawn Riders, the Venari Blade Lords, and the Venari Aloran Sentinels. You know, you had to speak German. I have to speak Mortal Realms. For well done, Ben. That's You're doing well. Uh, and now you're going up against the Zangor Enlightened, the Zangors themselves. So you're kind of like beast men. Uh, and also the Karak Athletes as well. That a lot of people will remember 
from the Silver Tower uh, back in the day when that released for Warhammer Quest. Um, so yeah, uh, there's a bunch of models in the set and those two new plastic heroes leading the way uh, alongside a booklet that will sort of take you through the narrative of the arcane cataclysm and the unfolding story within the mortal realms and all that good stuff as well, which I think is kind of cool. Um, I actually really, I think the um, scenario in Lightning looks really cool. I would ditch the helmet. Ditch the helmet. Just have the, just have the cool hair. I love that massive ponytail. I think that's really cool. Very Yeah, cool. that's awesome. Very nice. Um, and then, of course, you've got the changeling as well. Uh, who's coming in so yeah um that's a lot of pe- a lot of people i think have been coming around to the idea of the uh Limineth realm lords i think a lot mm-hmm. of people ditch the helmets and go for different ones um <laughs> but they seem to have hit on a little bit of that kind of old school high elf aesthetic where you've got your sword masters just with a little bit of a mortal realms thing going on you got your silver helms but with a mortal realms thing going on and then you got your sort of like loather in sea god or that kind yeah. of thing but with all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, you know, it's a, it, this could be a good box set if you want to dive in and play as either of these factions within uh, Warhammer Age of Sigma. The, the change, I really love the new Changeling model. I think, I think mm. it's, um, I think it's really cool. I liked the it's old one. Fun. I thought it was really cool. Sort of like the massive, huge chaos armor and all that kind of thing it was very nice. But I like that they've made it a little bit more dynamic here. You still got the same design for the blade, the magical rune blade and that kind of stuff. Um, and it's really nice looking at the back of it where like that the little kind of like minion on the side of him is like stroking his helmet sort of like it's yeah. this arm yeah. that looks a bit <laughs> random to me I, I want thought this he was arm his head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you not seeing what's going on over so there this way you not fool this? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the other arm his spare arm and I just feel yeah. like he could be doing something with that yeah. yeah but it looks awesome though it's yeah. the uh, it's the little creature in the back that definitely likes it Wait, I, I, the, well this tiny wasted arm here yeah that I one like, yeah I like, yeah, I like to think that's not the little creature. I think that's actually been that's by the big fella. Arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got one one regular and then one tiny yeah. T Rex like arm, yeah. and then the little fella's got yes of both. But the, yes. the thing the thing that's really nice about it is I think it brings back that almost fun element to chaos, which I think is what a lot of people mm. kind of liked back in the day as well, where you've got sort of yes, this is serious, and these guys will basically destroy everything in their way, but there's also a little bit of a quirky thing to them at the same time. And I think Zench has always had that in spades anyway. Um, So it's nice to see that brought back. Well, there was a really nice Chaos Sorcerer that looked like the the little um, shoulder Peter on that guy's uh, body. Where it didn't have the uh, didn't have any eyes, it was just yeah. the the mouth and then the the eyeless head. Although mm-hmm. it did have a couple of divots where it's eyes should have been. Yeah, yeah. It was really nice. I believe he came on a flying desk, yeah, pointing with a mace actually. So mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, and nice little entry point there. Obviously, it continues the storyline and the narrative of Age of Sigma. So if you're interested in that, you can maybe go and check that out too, which is really cool. But um, yeah, just another one of their cool box sets. This obviously means that because these two <laughs> factions are getting this box set. I would assume we're going to see a couple of battle times. So we're going to see an updated Lumineth Realm Lords mm-hmm. one and an updated one for the Disciples of Zench as well, or Zeech. How do you want to say it? Tell me in the comments. <laughs> is it <Zonch>? Simon? <laughs> is, is it Zonch? <laughs> Simon was one I once heard. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's who she reminds me of. Say, there you go. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. And on that note, our news is over. <laughs> we have a quick swish. And when we come back, we'll take a look at some of the Kickstarters. 
Okay, we're back and we're going to be checking out a couple of Kickstarters. And kicking things off free, you have been taking a look at Steamforge. Yeah, so we spoke about this one a few weeks ago and I'm really excited to see the Epic account arrange just expand this and new adventures on the local and more casual, messy style. So Epic Encounters Local Legends takes players on a pub crawl, really. So you go through tavern to tavern and you keep your ears open for good crack and, and a local beast within the facility. And the campaign includes 10 different taverns. They're all themed uniquely from like a luxurious gambling den to a haunted and supernatural resting in. And you might be stumbling across an adventure by accident in the pub or you might be set to create a name yourself as a local legend and most of us have taken our eyes off the prize when, when we've entered a classic fantasy tavern and I'm usually <laughs> off finding a pint or eyeing up some convenient pickpocketing really but the atmosphere is usually buzzing as you know and there's shady NPCs and questionable drinks and, and there's usually a really unique bar fight that happens like almost every Thursday or something like that and there's there's pubs and taverns are in that are, they're a hot spot for gossip and if you're on the hump for your next contract or bounty and you just need to go to a small town so Along the introduction of the taverns, you've got 60 NPCs to get to know on a first name basis. You've got portraits, narrative hooks, their own law, backstory. Um, there's no need to create just your own pub full of retro rates when it's already been done for you and it's coming okay. straight out the box. So if you want to get involved in exploring some of the narrative in the individual NPCs as well, there is a campaign running on the campaign um, where you can vote and uh, say what you'd like uh, for the NPCs and the narrative of them. There are 38 different miniatures available on this one as well as part of the campaign too, which are only available as part of the core pledge and the all-in. Ten of these minis, ten are your big boss, bad guy monsters. And they look incredible. So each tavern's going to have their own local legend to explore. And that might be a pester in Albert or a revenging band of sea pirates uh, or bloodthirsty vampires. Uh, if you do go all in, you'll gain access to two additional pubs, which are part of a Kickstarter exclusive. So there are four different pledges. Uh, if you do want to just get involved digitally, just to get hold of some stuff that is a digital-only pledge as well, you can do that. But each tier obviously brings you more and more. If you just want to go on a pub crawl, you can. There is a taverns in pledge where you just get your taverns only. There's a core pledge that gets you four different encounter sets. You get your 14 miniatures, your maps, your rules, your books. And the all-in will give you absolutely everything. You get a full set of 10 taverns, your adventures, the add-ons, miniatures, all of the books, and it is pretty hefty. And they have said that they, they are holding massive discounts uh, during the campaign uh, to what they're going to be priced at retail. So if you do love your epic encounters, you'll have access to getting this a lot cheaper if you're going to wait for it for when it does come in, especially in the all-in pledge uh, there's no stretch goals uh, that are unlocking day by day uh, there are some little add-ons like you've got a dm screen and some dice the dice are really nice the dice are gorgeous or if you as i said if you wanted to get absolutely everything you've got to go do it via the e kickstarter exclusive which are only part of the all-in 
But he's completely ready to play outside of the box. As he's for five e, but there's no reason yeah, where you can put this anywhere else. There's no reason why you can use this as inspiration for elsewhere. It's it's a pretty hefty campaign, and it's just for me really nice to see the epic encounters range uh, expanding. As I said, something to a little bit more casual, not over grand dark in campaign. As I said, it might be something that a DM would implement into a small bit. We're going to go to this pub and let's throw off uh, the gang a bit. But yeah. But I think um, you can drop in any of the encounters into just a tavern. So if you're yeah. already running a campaign, because let's face it, nearly every Dungeons yeah. and Dragons campaign in the history of mankind has started in a tavern. Um, that's interesting. I also quite like the fact that they've come up with pub games, tavern games, and there's right. a different one for each tavern, which means that's really you've cool, got a game within a game. Yeah. So you you could be in this local tavern, and then some wise guy yeah. is trying to get you to play their their local version of whatever it is, Pazak or uh, Dejarik. It's or like Gwent, isn't it? Wars. Gwent. There you go. There you go. On Star Wars. Yeah. It, it does very remind me of this Witcher. You're going out. You're going to a pub. You're grabbing a contract. You're going out. You're killing the legend. You're coming back. You could get paid. Who knows? But it's very, it does seem very witcheresque if you're into um, that ilk of things, uh, going out for contracting. The thing that I quite liked about it was that my question when when we were initially covered with this was how are they going to make this any different from the normal Epic Encounters boxes? But obviously they've put everything in the one. <laughs> yeah. They've got all the extra stuff in there as well. So I can see why they went to Kickstarter with this rather than just doing it as a traditional uh, epic epic encounters release, which I assume they're going to be doing later, as you say, anyway, when it yeah. comes to retail, just with a few different tweaks here and there. But I think that sounds like a great idea. I think it does. Really cool. like, the miniatures are really cool. The little um, yeah, yeah. the little ghostly spectres are very the, adorable. The, the ghostly ones that look like they've been drawn by... Little sheets on them. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, little yeah. sheets that have been twisted. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they were great. Have they... Have they said they which of them are the Kickstarter exclusive ones? Yes, keep scrolling down. Scroll They're down. at the bottom. Ah, so okay. they're your regular ones, and then the last two. The ones with the little K next to them, I guess. Yeah, yeah keep going. There we okay, go. Right. So there you go. that one with the free The Velvet Dreams Club and, and the Drafty Rabbit. Drafty Rabbit with the stone-throwing giant. Yeah. But then yes. the other eight are all, uh, all going to be available retail later on. Yes, I think that's a really. I think that's really cool. I think Thanks. the idea of because a lot of the times when it comes down to sitting setting up a campaign, you can get that thing of, okay, well, why? How? Why? How am I going to get them to the next city? Mm. Kind of thing. But if you give them the promise of like, there are contracts and everything in the next city along, and you've heard tales of this strange creature and this amazing pub and that kind of thing, your gang of adventurers is probably going to be like, cool, more beer and more monsters to slay. Let's go. You know, check it out. So. I think it's a really, really nice starting point to not get lost in a tavern. I yeah, think yeah. it's it gives you guidance of something to do. I think it's a really good idea for a DM as well. If they want to take everything out of the box and use it exactly how it is, brilliant. But if they want to tailor it to how they want it, it's great reference inspiration. Yeah. Grounds you in a home base as well when you're in a particular location as well, rather than, yeah. you know, we're going to go sleep in the wild. <laughs> oh, look at, look. Yeah. A night hack. And it's it's little tiny dust bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> it just looked like they've wrung out some uh, yeah. some cloths. <laughs> but you can also do it as an introduction yes. for the party. So, I mean, one of the best parts of uh, From Dust Till Dawn was when they all are in the bar. 
<laughs> and then everything kicks off. There's vampires everywhere, and at the end of it, there's only like five people standing. And that, like, you're fighting your warriors. It's your, your, it's your band. And yeah, that's, yeah. That's your because otherwise, you get this thing, especially for uh, a new group. And it's like, how do you know each other? And there's a lot of why are we sticking uh, together? Kind of yeah, thing. there's a lot of scratching of heads and, and trying to work out a reason. Whereas if they don't know each other, they're in the tavern doing their thing, and then the encounter begins. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they know it by the end of it they've had to watch each other's backs and the only ones left standing are, are themselves uh, and now they go oh well you know you work quite well in a fight uh, oh. I, uh, you know i could see you around a bit more it's so. a perfect it's a perfect chance if you've got a bard for them to start some stories isn't it it's, it's just it's oh, i thought you meant the bard before it well, exploded the area and <laughs> made it inhabitable to life for the next hundred Hide years. behind the great mound of dead bards. <laughs> yeah, they are bards. I mean, they are the, the atomic uh, version for um, for Dungeons and Dragons. But yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. Really interesting and uh, mm-hmm. a nice, nice bit of pubbage. Yeah, everybody loves a good tavern visit, yeah. don't they? Everybody does. Whenever you get to a town, it's like, where are you off to? Pub? Always, yes, yes, one hundred percent, literally and figuratively. Yeah, respect. There are seven days left on that, and it is massively funded uh, from Steamforge already. So that's quite nice. Who likes that? Our second, because we didn't have a three D printing, thought we'd throw you a bone with this. See how generous I am to all of you at home. Even Jerry picked this be. as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jerry thought. This is because um, Matthew did a project about it in our project oh, system, well, and I, I stumbled across <laughs> it. Uh, so this is X Terrain. This is the second Kickstarter they've done. The first one was Fantasy. We'll get to that. Um, but it's from Deco Quest Workshop. <clears throat> it's a set of. STL files for sci-fi, post-apocalyptic, um, oh, wow. cyberpunk. A couple of interesting things about it is it is lightable. There are LED things in there. Um, nice. And I quite <laughs> quite geniusly put together. The other thing is um, they've been designed to use essentially acetates, colored acetates or gel sheets, if you will, so that you can change the color of windows and stuff. And it's very, again, very simply put together. It's just slide in, slide out. So nothing complicated. And that is genius. Thanks. Um, Partly because all of this is is designed to go for an FDM printer and to have no supports. They're 100% support free. You put them on your, your magic machine and just press the button (laughs) and it does it without having to worry about trimming stuff off and the like uh he has magnetized bits but some of them may need a bit of glue to to sort of slam them together but otherwise you're good to go there are a few big skulls not little teeny tiny skulls but big skulls you'll see in places um which give it a, a 40k adjacent feel shall we say um, but on the whole, there's nothing that really sets this into one universe or the other. They're nice, chunky pieces of kit, and you can see the LEDs lit up like Christmas in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, we'll scroll you through. Ooh. I've kept this project open because people may have realized by now I hate Kickstarter and its inability to put big pictures in. And <laughs> I know you can, but the project has big pictures. Um, so we can have a look at them in a bit more detail in there anyway. Uh, 
But when we get down to it, there's a whole host of stuff. There are stretch goals aplenty. Uh, some are, will be unlocked very shortly. At the time of filming, he's like £40 off funding. And Ooh. there are <laughs> 17 days left, so I imagine yeah. it will. Uh, but it's a mixture of, of big buildings and scattered train. And even the scattered train is fairly chunky scattered train. So things like the generator there, you can see a 28 mil figure. Nice place just to hide behind. Yeah. <laughs> and things like the generator has this LED internal into it. You can see there, that's a little 3D representation of the LED system. Um, it's like little trifles up there that I just saw. Uh, it looked like a There you go. There you go. Up a bit. Oh, yeah, system above the, uh, it. <laughs> all right, no, that's the on the on the, on the little oh, power pack thing. thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's it's called like a celestial triangle or something. It's where you half the distance between two points on an edge and plot. Anyway, um, <laughs> not even a link. It's now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, link. Anyway, there's um, so far there's things like the fortress bunker and checkpoint unlocked. Uh, or not unlocked in the core pledge uh, that has things like these massive missile turrets for anti-air on them. Um, I love how chunky these are. Everything they is. Are. But yeah. It's built for FDM. It does say you can use uh, SLA. Is that no, the resiny type stuff? But who knows? Right. Uh, but you may need to go into and slicer programs and do stuff. I right. say it's it's tricksy magic that I don't I don't care for. Yeah. So the one that, that prints it for you rather than puts it in a bath, the filament one. Sure. The filament one. If you, you say so. If you say so. <laughs> uh, we've got things like big containers where sides uh, open up and and top comes off, so you can get access to them. Oh, like there. that's that's the the, thing, the pieces look gameable, which is nice. Like there's a lot of room yeah. within the outside things, rather yeah. than it just being like a normal sized, you know, cargo container mm. where you be like, I've put my miniature in, and I only shake it out. <laughs> things like even things like this, the pod. Now you can see the little twenty eight mil figure there. Oh yeah, clicking yeah. buttons, oh, wow. and it looks massive. Yeah. And there's the little twenty eight oh, mil figure nice. inside the pod, and again looks massive. But then when they've actually put in a miniature into that on a base, you realize how much more room it takes up. Yeah. yeah. So it has a sort of an over, oversized feel, but it means if you're playing something like 40K or that, it should of, work where, where they're more 30, upwards, well, 32, yeah, yeah. 40 32 in some description, yeah. um, uh, they'll work for that as well. Quite, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, the gel paper glass, uh, it's particularly fun. I really That's like a really the idea. Cool idea. Um, I mean, you can see just how chunky some of these bits and pieces mm -hmm. are from his actual pictures. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and open oh. up a rake of these pictures because it makes my life so much easier than having to look <laughs> at tiny pictures because I hate tiny pictures on Kickstarter. They're quite chunky. They're lovely. They're not delicate. No, no, they, these are. You don't want delicate when you're going to no. be gaming with stuff all the time. Uh, and the fact that you've got things like this, the portal is particularly nice. It reminds me of something, but I can't think what. <laughs> I, I was I was looking at, I was thinking how cool this stuff would be for kind of alien style. Yes, um, Prometheus type. Yeah, like you can imagine this being some either like alien technology yeah. made by the Prometheans or something, or something that Wayland has salvaged and built on, and all that kind of stuff. You could do some really cool things with Wayland Utani. Scumbags, yeah. total scumbags. <laughs> but you can see there, I mean, there there's detail aplenty on them, but at the same time, it's brutal enough 
I mean, I'm fairly certain you could fit a base between those steps on that ladder and actually have your model climb that yeah. without worrying about breaking the rungs off, um, which is one way of doing it. And I mean, that that looks like a plague. <laughs> looks like a stage one plague, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the massive fortress door there, I mean, that is going to stop a Mack truck. One of the, the interesting things for me, and I've mentioned it already, was the LEDs. Yes. Um, I'm going to skip on a little bit to find things like the LED system because when I see lighting, I go, oh, lighting's great. I'm not about to start doing soldering and wiring, and mm -hmm. he hasn't either. Essentially, see there, the LED beacon. So your LED, that's a little 3D render, comes out at the top. But if you look, it's actually like a, a coin slot, yep. and there's a little divot on either side. So you just put the watch battery in, and then the LED goes either side, wow. and that makes the contacts. There's no wiring. That's and so when you're easy. done, you just pull them out again. Uh, and it's the same for not just these, but all of it. So the lamppost, wow. where it's it's actually horizontal. Again, it's just LED goes on either side of your battery, and you push it into the slot, and then you just stand it upright and put the cap on it. That's again, awesome. you have your street light lighting yeah. down. And that that in and of itself is is worth uh, you know all the money to be thrown at them <laughs> because I've done some minor amounts of soldering and I hate it and it goes mm. everywhere and other people wouldn't even give it a the time of day. So being able to if you wish light your stuff but light it so simply um that you know you're not having to worry about it and then you're having to worry about switching on switching off no you just pull the leds out when you're finished uh and, really and that's cool. it and the batteries can just sit in there until the next time you plug the leds in um oh, cool. swapping them out is just you know a, a doddle so a lot of bits and pieces in here as you can see in the initial starting pledge yeah uh, which will allow you to build up a fairly sizable mm -hmm. tabletop for whatever it is you have to be doing. Um, when you get, uh, also, by the way, I love the fact that he's added in these things like, what's that smell? Uh, <laughs> you'll, see, you'll see it on the stretch goals as well, um, because he, he's got a, a sense of humor akin to my own tracking speed test. Run as fast as you can. <laughs> um, but the keeping your precious things safe like weapons um the oh no no if anybody's of a certain age and can remember the i want to say it was a french version of ulysses ulysses it was like in the far future <laughs> it was retelling the odyssey but in space Do you, I mean, right. you've not seen this because you're so young no. no no was a tiny little robot who ran about with ulysses son Essentially, it was him, uh, but they'd been sirened up. Everybody else on the ship were uh, floating up near the ceiling somewhere in suspended animation. And it's Nuno, but it's an evil mecha robot version of Nuno with a Terminator hand and an alien tail. So, you know, <laughs> has there been slight 80s influence in there? Um, from maybe just I, a bit. I think there may be just a little teeny tiny bit. Uh, but <laughs> stretch goals wise, you've got things like Victor Secrets, which is a dice box. The whole of Destiny. The whole of Destiny, a dice tower. <laughs> Uh, the choo-choo, it's a little hover train. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him push on. This is his second Kickstarter. Uh, his first one, as I've said, we would get to it. His first one was the Fantasy Grimness Fortress. Currently, you can essentially late pledge to get a reduction in it. Um, so I actually have that one open because he's on my mini factory. It may be one we have to come back to in the future. Yeah. As a 3D printing. I've had a little bit of a better look at it all, yeah. Yeah. Sure. But 
for the princely sum of $47, you get the full Grimness Fortress in its entirety, uh, which is a heck of a thing. Be good uh, for those local legends. Yeah, yeah. You can literally build your town walls around so. your tavern if you wish. Uh, and there's gorgeous. there's a ton of stuff in here. It's a stunning bit of work. Um, so his first first Kickstarter was last year. Bit of feedback from his supporters from the first one about file naming and things like that because he sort of ran most of it through many many factories. So it's every every day is a school day, as they say. Um, mm. So he's he's learned from that. So this one should run a bit smoother. Uh, that was his first sort of run on it. And it, you know, it supplied on time. It looks fantastic. It was just little things like uh, how you download the files and the names of the files, because apparently once they're up in my mini factory, that's it. Um, <laughs> so if you're after a load of sci-fi terrain or fantasy terrain, uh, it's worth checking out Deco Quest um, yeah. and their X terrain section, because why would you not want to know now? What an awesome idea. Yeah. 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 I, 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 just i absolutely adore the the led system that they put in uh, it seems so simple i can't believe it was the I slotting seen it before yeah just it was the slotting for me the the, the the uh window the colored windows the oh, doors the, the and then adding the, they were that was everything so simple and so easy yeah. that it's genius yeah it, it's a that great, is great. stuff just to uh to fill your tabletop the LED and the window looks fantastic as well. Yeah. So there are 17 days left on that. And uh, like I say, it's not a kick in the bum off being funded as things stand. Uh, so that's your lot for Kickstarter slash 3D printing. See, we managed to squeeze one in anyway <laughs> for this week. Uh, we're going to take a quick swish. And when we come back, we're going to be exploring the Spring Clean Challenge and announcing the winners. All right, then. It's been a long road travelled to get us from at the very start of spring all the way through now to summer. I thought you were going to start there. singing the uh, intro to Enterprise then. It's been a long road getting from there to here. <laughs> Scott Bakula was uh, quantum leap. Not Star Trek. That's how that one goes. But uh, we've got here, we've plucked out some winners. Mm-hmm. who'll be getting sweet sweet dollars dollar dollar bill mm. y'all is that what you yeah. kids say yeah yes. so uh <laughs> winners will be getting 50 pound on tabletop store vouchers and the runners up will get will be getting 25 pound mm. on tabletop store vouchers so watch out for your names folks pay attention watch all of this <laughs> there may be questions later Apparently, yeah, who yeah. knew it was a quiz? Um, we're going to kick things off by looking at the selection for best skill. Uh, mm-hmm. We've a couple of couple of mentions, sort of. We've a couple of vulnerable mentions for for most of them, actually. To be fair, and and I could have went on for quite some time with the honourable mentions. Yeah, he lives in the project system. I, live, I do live in the project system. <laughs> and it was very, very difficult uh, yeah. because you see people doing wonderful work and you're going, that's great. How can I how can I pick these apart? Close my eyes, toss a coin, roll a dice. None of those. So, uh, yeah, it was tricky getting them down, uh, even just getting them down to five to have a look at, never mind the the three eventual 
sort of prize winners. Um, but we're going to kick things off with Tao Chi, which I'm fairly certain is how it's pronounced. Um, yeah. And this is an honourable mention for skill. Um, so, a bit of Marvel Crisis Protocol nice. from Tao. And it was a, a beautiful thing. There's a um, quite nice sort of background to it. I'll let people read in their own time. But there was a lot of care and attention went into building up New York City itself, um, some of which comes via the medium of 3D prints. Uh, yeah, and yeah. he does name and shame where he got them from. Uh, and also then the detail of how they went about painting them up and, and finishing them off, uh, which is really, really cute. Oh. So, you know, there's been some terrific work done just on getting the the actual backdrop because for Marvel Crisis Protocol, so much of the game is based around the actual scenario, mm-hmm. uh, being fought out on the streets, being able to slam people into buildings or hit them yeah. with a car or whatever it happens to be. Uh, terrain and scenery is, is not just needed but it's, it's integral the to the, the yeah. game you know if you yeah. just start slamming people into buildings uh you can have so much fun but then when you start destroying the buildings around them it changes how the game plays turn to turn and all of a sudden some sneaky get uh like hawkeye hiding on the top of a building discovers the building has been knocked out from below him and or you know <laughs> Maybe a shot wasn't possible from Iron Man originally, but all of a sudden the impediment's gone. So, so there's really nice bits from uh, getting the, the backdrop done. Uh, and that includes things like even the incidental pieces like the stop signs and, and that sort of thing. Very nice. Going yeah. in and painting those or adding graffiti and posters to a lot of the buildings as well. Um, so we have the likes of the uh, little coffee stand, wherever it lives. There's a bit of graffiti up oh, the side of a, a dustbin. Really well done, yeah. 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 But here we have the bugle itself. Oh, so that's the little right. bugle, the bugle corner shop. That, With the comic books in it. That he reduced comic book covers and stuck right. them on because that, that's just a little set of nondescript upright book things yeah. in plastic. Uh, so sticking those on, again, more tagging going on. That's fab. Uh, it's all the way around us. Look, Captain America, if you want. Yeah. Really nice stuff, but it was it was just a thing of beauty, and then gets into the models themselves, building them up and painting them up, and throughout the entire thing, Tauchi also explains where he gets the the inspiration from or where he got tips from. So things like uh, the shield, I think, came from a Zarastro painting video. So you can he is very good. Yeah, follow along at home, but it was uh, corset and beyond, and. It was just really nicely done. It was it was the whole well the whole thing part and parcel, and, and that just gets a, a mention. Unfortunately, doesn't get a price because I'm Ooh. I'm that cruel, uh, oh. and I'm sure people will now go, "Oh, why that? I'll get it. I I see what you've picked for your winners and runners up, and it's wrong." And I have to say, my choice. <laughs> Do it be damned. If you've got a problem with it, I'll fight you. What a great project. Yeah. It's, There's everything in it. It's, it's huge. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's only halfway. That's still the core set. Later on, you'll start seeing some of the additions that uh, they've added in since then. Uh, but, yeah, so honourable mention. Well worth visiting that project and uh, checking it out. I'll put the links to all the projects below anyway. We will do, yes. So people yeah. can, can yeah. indulge yeah. in them in their own time. Uh, but our second 
honourable mention is uh, Scribs. And this is, as the title itself says, Spring Clean uh, Miscellany. Nice. Uh, and it really is bits oh, of everything. Um, <laughs> they already won a gold button. They won a golden button, which in many respects is worth more than cash. <laughs> well, to some people anyway. Yeah. Um, but we, like I say, we've we've been here. We've seen this. He's got shields now, which I don't think he had shields whenever we we looked at the. No, button. no, I think we only got to see up to the wizards yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, for people who are unaware, golden buttons are community spotlight prizes that we give out weekly, um, and we talk about them at length in the XLBS show on the Sundays uh, for the coming week. So you can come along and see those or look at the uh, the little blog post that Ben does on the the site. Have a very nice showcase of everybody who's yep. won one in the past as well. So yeah. Mm. yeah, and golden buttons they can be for anything and everything. So it, it can be just nice ideas or it can be battle reports or it can be some awesome piece of paint job. It's just whatever takes our fancy on a weekly basis. Hey. Really. Gotcha. Um, yeah. In this case, though, these are stonking. I've got that oh, miniature. Well. But that miniature has been lying in a box with a lot of other miniatures for me for so long <laughs> that his, his lovely aquiline imperial nose is very squashed. Oh, no. It's like a lead figure. It looks like somebody's broke his nose. Yeah, it looks like yeah. he's had a bit of a scrap. Yeah, but th these are the things that are sent to try us. And again, <laughs> it's been a case of digging out old miniatures. I mean, all of these are probably proper, all lead. Proper spring clean challenge in that respect. Yeah, so. All old Warhammer Quest figures. Uh, so a few plastics in there as well, I guess. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, again, very nice. Yeah, very. Uh, interesting little meander through nice. Scribs's back catalogue of figures mm -hmm. and uh, not just Warhammer Quest uh, there are other bits and pieces lurking in there from other companies and ranges so you see there Zombie Samurai and Zombie Ashiguru um, which I think might be from Bushido but don't hold me to that because there's so many weird and wacky things and everybody's favourite count <laughs> Orlock Account so awesome, they named a whole gang in Necromunda after him. <laughs> <laughs> Although, really, they should have named the Delax after him. Yes, yeah, they're a lot more Delax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. vampire. But again, really nice seeing just the the various types of miniature and the various styles of painting that Scribs has done. Very because it's so. not, yeah. it's not always the same style on every model. Uh, mm -hmm. Sort of fitting them in to the game that they're playing i suppose yeah. is the best way to put it yeah. so where something needs to be a bit grittier it's a bit grittier when it needs to have a bit more of a, a cartoonish pop as a cartoonish pop um mm -hmm. and things like 15 mil pike and shot always good for a laugh 15s somewhere warren's ears perked up <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it happened ages ago with the leds it's yeah. just oh, definitely that's, that, yeah that is true yeah yeah but, i mean that's probably about He's probably about as tall as a Space Marine's Grieve, you know? Yeah. So, you know, seeing things like that, it's always nice. Very anybody, cool. Anybody who's willing to do highlighting on 15 mil has my yeah. eternal appreciation. And again, only a mention. <laughs> so I'm setting the standard really high for this. You really are, Jared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tense. Yeah, yeah. It's tense. It, it is tense. So now, now we're into the... Now we are into up, so, yeah. to some of the prize winners. So, uh, P. McKay. Oh, wow. Whoa. And we'll get to that because it's the very last thing in there. Um, but again, 
an interesting little mix of stuff that's just sort of being dusted off. The most recent, um, which came on the last day of the Spring Clean Challenge, was starting to look at some of the Warlord um, 10 mil Napoleonics for their their epic. So painting them up as uh, Prussians. Again, I mean, that's a ridiculous amount of detail yeah. and technique put into 10 mil figures. Um, <laughs> something I won't be doing. I'm ordering flats from WowFun. That's how I'm dealing with 10 mil. Uh, but lovely piece of work on that. However, it's when we take a look at some of the uh, 28 mil Napoleonics and eventually the, the big diorama piece that you really see uh, the, the sort of the level of talent oh, in here. Crikey. Wow. And, and there's a really nice thing about a cavalry charge, unless you're on the receiving end of it and you have managed to form square. Um, it just looks great. And I like the fact that uh, it's gone to the, the effort of, of having a little light box shot with the background as well. A little bit of cotton wool fluff at the front, yeah. and there's some clouds in the background. The I imagine that's I imagine that's the smoke of whatever of the guns. Well, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. light infantry have just been routed off the tabletop. Yeah. Um, but really, really <laughs> nice set of yeah. Napoleonics. Wow, lovely, lovely stuff. The horses are painted incredibly as well. Yeah, because horses are a pain in the hole. Yeah, anyone who's ever had to. Paint a horse, they know. I've got a bunch of Rohan to finish. Ugh. <laughs> I, I That's what's stopping me. Load of Natal mounted um, infantry, yeah. been painting for Blood and Steel. Uh, they all got sprayed and then uh, oil washes on them because I'm far too lazy to bother. <laughs> I'm far too lazy. That's the way to go. Yeah. So they were very nice. This chap, uh, and despite your advice not to open too many windows, I will open all the windows. <laughs> do it. How do you take it, Cotton? <laughs> so this is a piece of artwork that is decided to replicate the the figure. Oh. <laughs> so there's actually a bit of re-sculpting. Oh, cool. Bit of kit bashing and uh, green stuff work. To That's get really the, nice. The heroic yeah. leader. Yeah. Which I like that, ma ma matching it against the, the art piece. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Hello, horses. <laughs> there we have... Uh, the finished piece. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And it's, again, I mean, horse isn't the right colour because that's more of a chest. And the, day, but, you know, we'll, we'll let them away with it. The, the fluffy thing on his, another word, I don't know what plume. it's called. Is it plume? Yeah. That, that was Your plume easy or enough. cockied, if, you know, you want to be slightly more clever. But, Getting to the but yeah, really, really nice. But the thing that, that got me, and it's how he started the, um, the actual Ooh. project itself. I know it isn't the Cthulhu bust, although we all know I love my Cthulhu. Um, has to be the, I suppose, Lady of the Lake. Yeah, yeah. The one um, we saw in the title band. Yeah. yeah. The moistened bent. Wow. That's it's amazing. No, base, no basis of government. <laughs> I say. Yeah. That's that so delicate. With yeah. the, I suppose it's a Kelpie. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Rising up around us. Yeah. Wow. The, the weeds. But it's the, the work that's been done to get the see-through look. Yeah, oh, the God, transparency. Yeah. The transparency on on her shift that's sort of clinging to her skin is the absolutely face. amazing. She's done yeah. eyes through a sheet and it still looks yeah. better than any eyes I've ever done. That, 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 wow. Yeah, it was it was just gorgeous. And I also like things like the uh, the fishing line, the sort the of dripping water yeah. to get actual dripping water off 
the, the sort of the kelp itself as it's covered. Brilliant. Out. Yeah. As oh, and there's even a water texture base as well. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's the, the whole kit and caboodle. Stunning model. Came together to, uh, to oh, just an amazing effect. <laughs> just so beautiful. Really well it's done. So gentle to sit. Mm, so yeah. delicate looking. And it's a head, anybody who's attempted to do this, to do fabric clinging to skin, it is a head melter because you have to work in reverse to how you would normally highlight and shade. Um, so you're getting darker as you go up onto higher levels, uh, which just is incredibly tedious and annoying to do. Non-metallic <laughs> metal on the uh, the sword. Wow. Cool. It's wow. Just, it, it just all comes together to make just such an amazing amazing diorama piece absolutely that crazy horses <laughs> <laughs> not fan of of the osmonds now sure <laughs> but yeah so absolutely really well work. done yeah. yeah and uh and if only if only i could have everybody as winners but unfortunately yeah. i can't so just had to be a runner-up <laughs> our uh second runner-up then Mm-hmm. is uh, Zoid Pinhead, who's been going through a whole host of stuff. And this one, as you can see here, could have easily slotted into tutorial as well, because you can see the amount of work being done here. Uh, but Zoid has been working on uh, Slonia for nice. Warlord. However, they also have a ton of stuff from other companies mm-hmm. and other um, miniatures that predate. So things like um keltos that did very slain adjacent or warlord uh, sorry warlord war games foundry who had the stuff years ago um so they've similar models but by other sculptors and other styles uh so it's just a, a an interesting project on the whole but also the fact that they've managed to get their hands on it and pretty much paint the entire thing throughout the spring clean challenge it's, yeah. it's literally i'm going to dig out stuff that's 10 15 20 years old and then also get it with done some new stuff at the same time the new yeah. stuff and then pick up bits and pieces like these wow. standing stones from i want to say they're from fenris they might be from scotia grendel. scotia grendel i think um, yeah the, the, there's a mix of both companies for resin stuff so i love the stonework and it's... then the addition that like the attention to detail with the vegetation as well mm. i love it it's almost as if it's been comic book painted as well it's the thick lines in there as well the thick black lines in between the muscles the gradient in between the dark to light it's so lovely it's the gentle transition of colour and with the thick lines over the top. It's really, really nice looking. So skip on a little bit down because, as you see, this is a comprehensive, very comprehensive um, project as far as the tutorial goes as well. So you get get the idea behind how they're painting Amazing. things, the way they were planning on putting it together. Uh, so if you want to follow along, if you looked at it and went, well, you know, that oh. seems to be a very quick and easy way of painting things. I'm just going to steal that. Then you can go in there and just steal wholesale. Fill your boots yeah. with his painting techniques. Yeah. For Morians. Yeah. Lloyd shot for Morians. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of butts in Slania as well. So <laughs> yeah. Plenty of time for Lloyd to see the butt. Yeah. That's a heck of a big fishing hook. I tried to think what you'd catch with that. Um, but we shall press on. Ooh. The Brock's not from Fugu. Unfortunately, I, I went and found it and currently can't get it. Oh, anyway, that's, that's picking up some of this stuff, the older stuff, and playing mm. around with it. Oh. Yeah. 
You can see there. Very cool. Balor of the Evil Eye. That's awesome. There's the inspiration behind the uh, the miniature. So this is one of the, the newer models from uh, Warlord. But again, you get all of that detail in there. And then later on, you'll see the Keltos, not Balor Balor uh, version as well. And it just goes on and on. Slow fag, <laughs> the weird lord. It's just a beautiful, beautiful really well project. Done. Yeah, yeah. Okay, button as well. <laughs> as is his want in life, and towards the end, you'll start to see more and more come together oh, because that one's the whole kit and caboodle has been painted up. I want to get down to some of the, the slains. Yes. There's some of our... Ah, uh, the old ones. classic ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So from the old 2008 D range that they did. Yeah. Which means he can field them in a variety of ways if he wants. A wicker man. And a wicker man. Just Not missing it. Bees. Edward Woodward. No. <laughs> no. Not that. <laughs> Never that. Not the bees. <laughs> Not the bees. <laughs> I mean, they're I in my goddamn eyes. <laughs> no, no, I can't. No. That film never happened. <laughs> and also, the, the Wicker Band's very apt because um, the reason Maeve is, is very annoyed with uh, Slonya in the comics is he saved her from being sacrificed in a Wicker Man ah, in the comic. Okay. Um, uh, and she was quite prepared to uh, be sacrificed to God. It was her nature. She'd been raised. To go that way, I was very annoyed when uh, the uh, sacrifice to the goddess was uh, upset by the big man coming in and brutally slaying everybody and stealing her. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can see nice. some very colourful as well, and size comparisons, and you know, it's just again another another terrific the two wart slains. Look at them, look at them go. But yeah, it. It has grown over the course of a couple of months. Very much so, yeah. To the point where everything is painted from the initial release so far, plus little additionals from his old classic collection as well. And even a mammoth <laughs> with a uh, savage orc on, on board to be his Fremorian. Just, you know, good enough, I suppose. Yeah, Big yeah. Big Mouth yeah. thing. Yeah. Again. Wow, very cool. No rules in there for yet, but why not? Yeah. And when he's put alongside the other big blue fish boys, who's to tell which is exactly, the yeah. and which is not? Yeah. Yeah. Yay! Well It's bar bar before they went down the wrong path. There's a whole other page which we just <laughs> don't have time for, but it it culminates with group shots of, of go and explore something. that for themselves yeah. you, you really should and again just another runner up which leads us to the winner winner yeah we'll go for Best a drum skill. roll but none of us yeah. can do it so Ooh, the winner for the skill is uh gray primer right. so he has made a muller fiend being carted around on the back of a flatbed trailer for reasons that only an orc would understand. Uh, and again, another one that could have come in as a sort of a semi-tutorial um, because it, it starts with 
bits and pieces being attached. Um, there are even leaf leaf spring um, suspension added to the base for reasons. Because I mean, if you if you happen to want to flick over or look underneath, you want to make sure that the yeah, suspension yeah. is correct, because that's a very important thing to orcs. Uh, but as a, a scratch building challenge in and of itself, it was insane. And then once you've got the molarphine strapped to the back of your flatbed, you have to start kitting it out with the other bits and pieces uh, to orcify it in ah. some way. Um, and uh, you know, it's just been an absolute joy watching this one come together. I remember, I think he was talking about this with me. I think we met him at uh, UKGE and he was saying how people have been like, well, you can't capture a mortal fiend. It's like heart demon. It would just sort of like dematerialize. And I was like, yes, but orcs could capture one. <laughs> yeah. Because as we know, they can use their psychic power to just yeah. keep things around. So, so. There's a name for it. It's like Gestalt Field or something. Isn't yeah. that what the Imperium call it? It's like, it works because orcs think it will work. And therefore, yeah. if orcs think that they yeah. can capture a demon, then they can capture a demon. Um, obviously, being towed up front by a battle or truck of some description. Yeah. I think that, work, that works so well for me is just the amount of detail that's gone into, like, telling the story of it and yes. making it feel like it belongs, I think is, is really cool. And just adding just enough stuff in there to make it orky without it, you know, feeling like it's too over the top and all that kind of thing. Oh, wow. Using that chaos knight helmet and everything as well. Is, is there such a thing as over the top? For well, I suppose. No, yeah, no. The it's, booty it's, painted. There's so much to look at as well. Everywhere you look, there's something different. Yeah. And once it's, the, um, the build was complete, then Grey Primer started to get in and get the, the painting down on it. Oh, nice. That's unfortunate. Well, it'll grow back. <laughs> Very nice. And it has, again, it's got that bright poppy colours for an orc that they've yeah. splashed on because they love it. But who can be bothered painting or cleaning? <laughs> so once Just... it's on, it's done. It's one and done. Walk away. And uh, <laughs> if it gets grimy, it gets grimy. I like oh. the, uh, I suppose it could be a tool chest uh, or some sort of stowage yeah. just <laughs> containing whatever they happen to have liberated, including no, yeah. this monumentally big. I was going to say somewhere, yeah. uh, an ultramarine's like, you can't store the multi-melters next to the munitions. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you not? Yeah. Uh, That's brilliant. Absolutely. So much detail and, Stunking. you know, a nice bit of as you say, effort put into making sure that the paint Absolutely. scheme pops, all that kind of stuff. Very cool. Yeah. And then we get into the uh, flatbed itself. And here we see what they would nice. look like. And I mean, most people would leave it there. Both painted. It's a really nice standard. Wow. Hello, Gross. <laughs> You've got all the detail on there. You've got your loot. You arrived in the battlefield, kicked the toys out of some chaos, apparently, <laughs> and then went home carrying whatever booty you could. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's a really nice piece um, for the gaming table, but went a step further and actually oh, cool. went in 
built a proper uh, scenic base for it. Built a, a whole diorama display yeah. for it, yeah. Hello, guys. Amazing. Beautiful pictures as well that he's taken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I keep looking automatically at the stuff at the back. That's, <laughs> that's my focal length. I love that. I love that they captured an icon of corn and it just keeps inexplicably oh, yeah, it's still bleeding. Yeah. It's like, what the hell is this in the back of the track? <laughs> it's <blood> everywhere. <laughs> but the torn up mud. Wow. Bits of detritus battlefield or otherwise it's around there <laughs> the churned earth it's just a, a gorgeous piece of kit yeah really well done great primer really well mm. done absolutely so, bricks that'll keep them just... on the straight and narrow oh yeah go that's gonna there. do it yeah 100 yeah, yeah. <laughs> mother they're stealing my molofiend it's his okay. hand they've got yeah probably yeah it's murray the skull <laughs> yeah there we wow, go. that's really cool. Well done. Yeah. So that is the winner of our skill. So yeah, just to, to reiterate, so the two runners up were Pima K140215. Zoid Pinhead. And then the winner was Grey Primer. There will be a link to the prize claim form for you to go and claim your goodies. So there you go. Mm. So, yeah. so next up. We're going to crack straight into best tutorial. Like I said, la la. some of these could have been from the previous category, could have been in here as well. Um, and vice versa, some of these tutorials could easily have got into skill around here. It's, it's, we it's often a hard have that job crossover. I have, yeah, yeah. Trying to decide who goes where and when. <laughs> um, but we're going to kick things off with uh, another honorable mention for our tutorials. And this is a Conflict 47, British 8th Army from Space Piracy. Uh, interesting little project. Started off with uh, a sort of thousand point build for bolt action, then a thousand point addition for conflict. So it could be used in either. Um, and generally, when I see conflict, it's nearly always set in uh, Western Europe. So for somebody to go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do take it to the desert, desert rats, <laughs> yeah, uh, and bring the the Eighth Army in there, yeah. Uh, so it's nice to see these things that normally we see in the, sort of the olive drab or uh, sort of dark browns and and olives, just having that really bright khaki paint job on them. It just suddenly looks very sci-fi, doesn't it? It does. Yes. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Um, I think the thing that's always quite nice about this is I, I love that. It kind of evokes like an idea, like an idea and an image in your head. Because mm. when it comes to like Normandy and and the way that you envision that, even with World War, Weird World War, you often just I, I often just sort of picture it basically the same as we've seen it in TV. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you look at it, when you when you take into account the desert setting, you can imagine like big rolling dunes and then massive mechs walking over the top of them and like the sand okay. moving around and big guns going off and everything like that. So I think it creates a really nice image in your mind of what's uh, what you can dive into when it comes to Conflict 47 with these. So, yeah. yeah. And I don't know what it is, but the um, these droids or bots or mechs or whatever they're supposed to be, I think they really suit the desert camo. They do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Much more than the... the British uniform that I often see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fly it in there. Uh, but like I say, the uh, 
main thing is he breaks down everything. Yeah, he breaks down <laughs> everything. So it's in here for yeah. the, the tutorial, and it gives you a good idea of of where they're they're going for and up to and including the basing, um, how they've done the various sort of panel lining and the colors they've used for the uniform and for the flesh tones and to do things like the uh, gun emplacement. Gun emplacement yeah. with its, yeah. I suppose, Tesla like beam energy weapon type thing going on there so it's a, a very simple little project um that just sort of breaks mm -hmm. it down step by step uh which is why it gets a, a delightful little mention from us so that's horrible that. mention yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and another mini one but again another one worth a mention yes. is uh king's war armada um and this is uglib uh, and specifically the reason uh, it gets in here is he's decided to do some uh, clever basing type basing um, where he followed along uh, tutorial he found from it's actually Steve Hildew from uh, Kings of War fame Death oh, by cool. Dragons Death by Dragons anyway um, so he's used the techniques to build up the waves rather than have them sitting on a, a flat sort of base so it's interesting seeing people pull other people's tutorials and then sort of doing a step-by-step -step guide on how they then use their tutorial yeah. uh, to put together their, uh, their basic. Yeah. So you get this sort of rather magnificent step-by-step. -step. I think what's quite nice about that is that it then shows off what was easy and what was hard about following the tutorial that yeah. you followed to make yeah. the tutorial. <laughs> tutorial section. So, yeah. 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 And it gives a really effective fleet at the end of it it does crashing wave look to it yeah um which was really really nice very cool i'm a big fan and they've even got a delightful magnetic magnet as well very yeah. nice so that's that's how you get them all onto the uh the tabletop in double without any fashion. breakages yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again it was just a just a very simple little tutorial not a huge amount of of text in it it's it just sort of here's the the video and then here's the colors and step by step that i've used to do it uh so you know nice honorable mention and a, a very striking looking fleet yeah. which kind of makes me want to paint my own so, yeah <laughs> one I day won't. one day no rigging though no. no oh no you don't need rigging all these don't need fantasy ships don't need rigging no fails go up and down by themselves yeah hundred percent but the first of our uh, runners up and therefore prize winners is Outrider Hobbies. Outrider Hobbies. We've <laughs> been doing some work on the Imperial Assault. And, and, and very much when we say dusting things off, literally dusting things off, <laughs> out with a, a can of air. Nice. Which is very Spaceballs esque. Yeah. yeah. Um, to actually get the dust off these things to get back in oh, there wow, and tighten yeah. them up and finish them off. There's wow. quite a few of my miniatures probably need blasting off as well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but once the uh, the miniatures themselves have been dusted off, we then get into uh, a step-by-step -step guide on how they painted up things like R2, and the liners and uh, bits and pieces done to get them onto the tabletop. They even gave, even gave C-3PO the, uh, the, the chrome leg as well. The correct yeah. chrome legging, yeah. 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 So. Uh what like he should have that everybody forgets the mandela effect thing yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's the one nope yeah. that's not the one that's the one i want there 
Oh, that's nice. I, I like. I like. I always like it when people break things down and have the paint they've used alongside it. So yeah. you'd be like, ah, oh, so that worked to do that, right? Nice and easily. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can press on. Uh, he also has a YouTube channel and did constant nice. updates throughout. Oh, so brilliant. brilliant! You've got a obviously a step by step guide if you just follow along the the pictures and text, which is good. But then you can also go in and and he they're like half hour long videos where he's just chatting about what he's done and how he's got up to them and yeah, um, the bits and pieces he's worked through as well. So you get to see things like uh, Banthas, Tuscan mm. Raiders. Awesome. One Very at a time. Cool. How do we know? They, <laughs> they move in single file to hide their numbers. There could be dozens of them off screen. And again, another, another extensive project um, where it goes through an awful lot of the uh, nice. the characters and again, for Imperial Assault. And again, very in the spirit of Spring King Challenge in that respect as well. So yeah. good looking back yeah. at something that actually literally needed dusting off. So, mm. <laughs> so yeah, that's really nice. What a, what a cool idea. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like the blend of step-by-step um, -step guides and then the, the video yeah. chats as well in there because it's always good to have something in the background playing away whenever you're doing your own stuff. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So there we have... Oh, Rider Hobbies awesome. and Baby Rancor. Hello, Baby, Baby Rancor. Rancor. Hello. <laughs> Watch out for doors. <laughs> but yeah, so if you're interested in Sorry. checking out some Star Wars Imperial Assault, um, it's worth having a look in there as uh, as he literally broke down the Spring Clean Challenge from cleaning to painting to uh, updating everything that's, that's been going on there. Yeah. So that's our first runner-up. Mm -hmm. uh, next up for the tutorial is a Rocky challenge. <laughs> and this is by Demon Sub. Ah. And uh, again, this was a very, very nice terrain-based uh, tutorial. Because Which you don't often see, actually, in a spring no. challenge. No. So, yeah. no, mostly people, people focus on the miniatures because people like miniatures. Uh, there's uh, some bark, cork bark. Yes. By by Jingo. I almost feel bad that he's covering the cork bark and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it is a case of um, building up a load of terrain for the tabletop to be used for various fantasy sort of games. Yeah. Uh, and again, literally step by step with all the images all the way through, whether he's adding in the uh, ballast from uh, probably a model yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, to add a bit of texture and definition to it, uh, to building up the paint jobs themselves. There's all of it in there. So from primer through to coloration. Uh, and again, and this is an important one, especially for new people, whenever they start painting stuff up, they have a tendency to reach for the small little colored pots. Yes, they're okay for highlight, but if you're attempting to go to big, to real, <laughs> go, to, go to Tesco, Sainsbury's, Tesla, Hobby Shop, Ranch. Craft World, whatever. And Buy all of those for about a fiver. <laughs> yeah, big, big tubes of acrylics are definitely the way to go yeah. um, because you can use them for painting, for making washes, which I think the umber and black end up being sort of washed on. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, to get this the sort of the shading effect mm. um as well as actually just covering your your terrain because that's really cool by yeah. god you'll pay a fortune for it yeah. and then um 
the additions of clump foliage afterwards. Yes, and makes all the difference to sort of set it yeah. off, and doesn't need a, a huge amount of explanation, um, but just the the photo montage as you can see yeah. exactly what's been done and see where it comes in all over the place. Hello, Nasty. Well, so I, th I think a lot of people sometimes get feel daunted by the idea of painting terrain, and so having someone oh. break down the steps of doing it. I think is a really cool thing. So. I think this is just a really nice example of how how you don't have to be so delicate and how you don't have to be so precise when you're making terrain. This is yep. a messy job and it, it just looks like yeah, he's had yeah. a great job and it's come out looking fantastic. <laughs> it's all about the coverage. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about the coverage. So it's, it's yeah, just a very nice, simple well done, demon stuff, yeah. very uh, much so. terrain tutorial and uh, a great way mm -hmm. to fill a, a table with a load of line of sight blocking tree and, and not too long a phase which leads us to our winner for the tutorial and our winner is Lonor um, <laughs> with the Dreadball Spring Clean Hobby Challenge now this you can see we're, we're oh, back in Feb um, and the idea, idea. Was to paint, <laughs> the idea was to paint everything from Dreadball uh, so he had the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. And this is one of, if not the most comprehensive uh, projects slash wow. tutorials that I've seen where it lists everything, the state of current, you know, whether they're in, built, painted. So you can follow along with where it's at, like 168 built, 133, sorry. 160 owned, 133 built, 114 painted from this. But it it goes into shocking lengths and details as the miniatures are catalogued, cleaned, assembled, Mikey. and then painted. So it's not just a tutorial about the painting side it's also, also a tutorial about collecting, about the yeah. collecting <laughs> yeah, yeah. and cataloging and building the the actual forces mm -hmm. and then you, you get start to finish okay. oh yeah oh very very much so like i said yeah. this is this is the beginnings where i mean those are dreadball extreme plus see some dreadball robots from third edition and speedball characters who were kickstarter exclusive these are just a couple of the teams and uh, sideline, I suppose, people that you would get. He also has some of his original sort of paint jobs, some of which stayed, some got a touch up, some got stripped back, start again. Yeah. Um, but you get this massive, massive run through. If anybody's interested, there's the guy from Penny Arcade. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ta da! Pac Man. Um, that's what he would look like if I took him out of a box and painted him. Wow. <laughs> I don't need to know. I can see it. But if anybody's interested in Dreadball, it's a, a great resource. If anybody's just interested in sci-fi aliens and paint jobs, this is also particularly good because, again, you get the combination of the text and photos and the fact that you can go in and, and literally, so instead of having a wall of text with the colors, which he does do as well, you can see the incremental steps used with, you know, purple flesh tones based with Vallejo model color mm -hmm. and the model colored number violet to be washed with null oil. So it's it's incredibly detailed, uh, even down to using things like the color shift paints. Painstakingly like well done. Yeah. yeah. So. And 
I'm going to go out there now. That's probably the best photograph that shows color shifts, shifting color that I've ever seen. I've tried to take pictures myself and it doesn't matter how you do it. Yeah, normally it's a pain in the ass to do it. <laughs> yeah. You get one color and then you're left telling people, yeah, but it's actually purple as well. Whereas here you can actually see the silver into purple or the green into sort of the that, brown. that brownish color. I don't know how I managed it. Space magic, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it goes from that. And we're just going to skip on a little bit because... There's a lot. <laughs> every, every week is a team, or every entry is a team or a, a character, um, where they've gone back and used examples from other guides. They've included the guide, so if you don't have that issue of white dwarf blah, or if you haven't seen that online tutorial, then you can find them in here and then use them for yourself. So using the Privateer Press, how to do the red armor is in there, using a toilet brush um for being terrible is in there i think that was actually a, a last place prize for a <laughs> trip, so. but anyway um but yeah it's it's massively massively comprehensive which means it's a great place to stop off if you're ever interested in how you paint alien flesh how you paint colored armor how you do wood effects elf flesh human flesh whatever it happens to be and it runs all the way through until i want to say it was like the 19th of june it finished just before the sprinkling challenge Oof. finished or may have finished on the day itself and by the end of it there are most if not all of the uh, miniatures are painted so Easy. they could literally <laughs> land down at, they could literally land down at the club and supply whatever big guys or teams are required for people on the play it. it's also very handy if he plans on playing um overdrive overdrive the, the shark <laughs> he's got the big guys because they also work for uh dreadball as well so Brilliant. and that this episode was brought to you by dry brushing um, <laughs> it's i mean it's just it's just everything i want to see in a tutorial it takes all the boxes mm. with the exception of actually recording himself in video showing some of the techniques but being able to come in and see the guides and look at the guides and see the techniques and read how loner progress through it and how they've all turned out is just sensational and you get to see just so much there's that uh sure i'm sure that's space magic to get the actual color shift on there nice magic really well put together Laura. absolutely stonking stonking <laughs> tutorial i definitely want for anybody to take a look at if you're planning on painting anything ever because Chances are there's something in there, including cake. Cake. <laughs> cake is the important thing. Three different types of cake. Well, you know, that's how it works. One for each team. One for each, <laughs> as you say, team discuss. Uh, so that was our tutorial. I was going to, I'll sum those up again. Yep. So we had the two runners up were Outrider Hobbies and Demon Sub. And then the winner was Lorna. So well done. So, yeah. Congratulations, well done. So, our next is the best idea. Uh, and idea isn't about cataloging everything, it isn't about execution. It's just, you know, doing something. Being a bright just, spark. <laughs> just something that tickles our fancy. Something creative. Some, something creative that I, you know, we'd like to see. Um, and so, with this one, we're going to be starting off with an honorable mention for Zebra Um And this was 
an interesting little sprinkling challenge um, because uh, Tim has just run a Kickstarter for Die Hard Miniatures, uh, at which point he remembered he'd actually backed the first Kickstarter and <laughs> they'd been languishing in a box with plans to do something for Stargrave. Right. Um, so, so this was a bit of a bit of a putting a gang together, uh, a Stargrave crew, but it also includes things like plucking out some of the artwork from the book to make a um what do you call them a mood board you know what they call them yeah i guess hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so there's little inspirational art pieces yeah. <laughs> um to to get it going and then mm. after that um picking the miniatures that were going to make the the crew members themselves in this case uh found that one online so straight to the basket and then uh also use that white armor sort of look to define the crew themselves throughout this project there's also a constant narrative in-game commentary about the crew and the crew members which i love because it just runs throughout the entire thing so they're not just miniatures being picked and painted but they're actually being defined as to who they are the reason why they've, they've been done. added yeah and um and so yeah. you get this sort of working together to to put the, the Stargrave crew onto the tablet top, um, which was just really, really nice. And it, uh, it tickles me. I, uh, I like the addition of the sci-fi breaker gobbledygook that's put at the yeah, start the, of at everything. The top of each one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just the random stuff that appears on like a CRT monitor in mm-hmm. Alien, wasn't it? <laughs> it's because everything yeah. ran off DOS in those days. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Proto-DOS. Yeah. But yeah, uh, really nice little collection of stuff a nice way of displaying it and also very cool yeah giving us a, an idea of who the crew are and what the crew are all about yeah. um and I, I just like that i like the the narrative exploration of uh, zebra's crew so mm-hmm. there we have it and towards the end we'll see the whole kit and caboodle there space given but yeah that was our first honorable mention for uh for our ideas. Mm. Delightful. It's gorgeous. Big bunch of space things. Yeah. So next up, one that's near and dear to uh, both Ben and myself's heart, which is Mirkborg. Mirkborg. And uh, the Forbidden Sam. Forbidden Sam. And this one, this one was interesting because of the time constraint uh they literally started at the start of june and went oh, i really need to paint I these things done. <laughs> and i've only got like two weekends to do it yeah, before yeah. the thing ends um so they chose to to put together a little project based on um war cry models but also then because they had to a very limited amount of time to put things together, paint them. Uh, they decided to use a limited color palette, which is fine for Mork because it has this very distinctive yeah. solid colors for everything. Um, so in this case, you get a, the warbands themselves were sort of Zenith highlighted and then just color coded. Um, very simple. It's such a good idea for getting yeah. things down on the table mm-hmm. to play with. Yeah. In masses as well. I find when you paint one, it's kind of like oh okay but when you see them in mass it looks yeah. gorgeous as well yeah. look at that yeah it really stands out 
And I mean, that's that's all you kind of need, especially for something like Forbidden Psalms. Yeah. Um, you're probably going to be blamed by yourself anyway, as well. Yeah. So, so. yeah, you you don't yeah. need to you don't need to be clever. You just need to get the stuff on the table, mm. um, especially because they've got a limited palette on them. If you want to go back in later on and do something clever, like there's very thick shading, like black ink shading on a lot of the Mortborg artwork. Um, so if you wanted to go back later on and do that sort of comic style level of detail onto them, just to change up how they look, you could, and you're not running a, an existing style of, of painting, you're just adding to it because yeah. they've already got one you know, one sort of solid color on them, you can go from there. Or if you do want to just leave it as is, you just leave it as is and play. Mm -hmm. um, but for somebody going, you know what? I'm going to do this. How long have I got? Four days, really? Two weekends to paint. That's uh, motivation for you. That, that really is yeah. a big stick of motivation <laughs> uh, right over your back and shoulders. Uh, so yeah, got them done, dusted and onto the table. And out. For playing. And uh, yeah, if that's what it takes, then uh, sprinkling challenge is definitely a way to do it. Thanks. So that's our second Henri Bell Menchon. So yes, on to our winners and runners up, our prize categories for uh, idea. And the first thing off is a bit of a spring clean of somebody else's stuff. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one of peace find themselves a copy of Risk nice. in a thrift shop and decided to change it into um, classic war game armies, I suppose. Right. Um, so this is very much the sort of uh, idea behind revamping something that's been sitting around <laughs> for a while. Uh, and the fact that somebody's laid their hands on a, a Risk set and then decided, how can I turn this into a war game set? Uh, and they to do a bit of painting on them. Uh, is very interesting because it's it's nice to see risk painted and not just those solid colors but also the they've a, a sort of a plan behind the army build itself mm -hmm. so differing amounts of miniatures on the bases let you know whether it's a a, a particular type of uh cannon shot so you know a single cannon in there will just be uh a lower amount of attacks to a larger volume of cannon. I think they've got to two per base. Uh, and that way you can tell yeah. who's doing what. While they are painting the armies, they're not painting them to be a nation specific. They're more like imaginations. So you yeah. get the, the sort of the, the red, red army, army and the blue and army, the blue army <laughs> which is how I've always liked to envisage things ever since the, yeah. the first time I picked up an Osprey book and, uh, <laughs> and read about uh, a conflict where you see the big red ver versus blue army on the sideline. Um, it's just been really nice. It's up to and including cutting up the uh, lollipop sticks or tongue depressors into bases. <laughs> so it's it really is a, you know an army on a budget. Uh, and there you can see things like your skirmishers, two or two figures per base, regular right. four figures. Cannon is light <laughs> or regular, or cavalry artillery if there's a cannon nymph on it. And um, and then cavalry for light and regular. So you can sort of start playing a Napoleonic-style game um, using these risk figures. And I think it's a really interesting and effective way of reinvigorating yeah. uh, either something like this that's been a, a bit of a, a thrift shop or charity shop find or if you're sitting with 
an age-old copy of Risk at home when you've given up on playing with them anymore. And you want to a lot of people, figures, a lot yeah, people yeah, will, yeah. yeah. You can start delving into other games. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing for me would be, would they go the whole hog and create their own rule set for it since they've created their own red and blue army? Um, it's an because it, I think they were using black powder for for they were talking about black powder, yeah. Yeah, but uh, that'd be cool, yeah. Just use them for your own game, yeah. Because you can you can do so much when you're not limited by somebody else's uh, rule set. But I really liked seeing just somebody getting stuck in with. I was going to say a fiver's worth of figures. It may not even be the fiver worth of figures, uh, and being able to play it then these uh napoleonic games across a very small tabletop yeah, you don't need yeah. a lot of room when you're playing with yeah. what is the equivalent of 10 mil but then scaled down <laughs> for for black powder yeah. games as well yeah. so it's just just absolutely on really brand, good idea i suppose yeah. for uh for the sprinkling really, challenge really invigorate them really mm. re reanimate them. <laughs> yes you too can uh Turned a reasonably terrible board game into something cool. So. Yeah. <laughs> terrible board game. What can you do with what can you do with Monopoly? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that is true. That's yeah, the next just, challenge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> interesting, interesting to see, and uh, a great Very use cool. of great use of somebody else's somebody else's figures. From yeah. Ago. You know, go big or go home. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Uh, sticking with the ten mil. Other runner-up is Apple Mac um, with Morris or Maurice, uh, Sam Mustafa game. It is figure and scale agnostic um, for 18th century conflict, but decided he picked up the game when it was first released, which is some time ago now, uh, along with a couple of armies and decided he would start getting stuff together to play with. And the first thing they decided to do would be to build the scenery terrain for the tabletop. Um, so this has been a case of dusting off. You can see there the armies, which unfortunately won't be got to in this because the uh, the challenge has ended. But hopefully he'll he'll get in there and bring us up to date with him in the future. Uh, but just actually getting the terrain set up was really really nice. Um, because you can see things in the background, like the little villages and stuff, uh, especially when you're playing something like Napoleonic or 17th century, 18th yeah, century yeah. games. Yeah. You're playing around specific places and points in time, and, and generally, especially for Sam stuff, they they can lean into the imagination side, or you can be very historically accurate with them. So having all of the bits and pieces that you need, whether it's the roads, the rivers, the hills, forests, and the like, mm. um, is almost a necessity. The other thing was uh, in the book itself, Sam defines what sort of sizes of terrain pieces you will need. So you may have stuff that doesn't work for the scale you're playing in already. So you'll have to you know adjust as appropriate. Uh, but really nice to see the bits and pieces that have been sort of lying around and uh i actually skipped to the end I... it's just that you said there the sand that i used for the flogging was from some sand that i got from holiday a while ago and it's great yeah it's, <laughs> it's literally i've got three big tubs of stuff it's used what i've got uh, yeah use it clear uh, out and 
I'd start to uh, start to make use of the bits boxes, the offcuts of polystyrene, the bits of balsa wood and tubes and whatever else you happen to have sitting in your terrain tubs, uh, scrubbers, um, to put together a whole cool. table's yeah. worth of stuff. You can see there the uh, sort of the sizes for the various bits and pieces. Nice. And, uh, and again, a fairly good guide as well of how they put together the roads, the hills, flocking us, setting up the uh, the various bits and pieces, even getting some 10 mil figures on the table to make sure that they wouldn't be. Yeah. yeah, so that's the correct size based on Sam going, road should be this big, but with his basing, it's a bit too narrow. So back to the drawing board and widen the roads. Um, you know, measure twice and cut once, I think is the phrase. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't want to have a, a too narrow a road so that your stuff doesn't fit down it or they're floating. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really nice um, project from Apple Mac. And I like mm -hmm. seeing things coming in there, like, and this will appeal to you, Free. The river sections here were painted mm -hmm. with watercolors because they have the transparency so that you can layer them up. Yeah. As he says himself, when you're painting rivers, you're not painting blue, uh, but it meant that you can use different shades and the watercolor sort of gives Great you idea. transparency between them and easy to blend as well. Very nice idea. So yes, that was um, going with the flow, as he says. There are a lot of interesting techniques as well. Papier mache hills, anyone? Yes. yes. Uh, mess. It's mess. It's games. Mess is always the way to do it. Yeah. Always, always, always. But I've seen it before from Apple Max projects where he puts the the sort of the time and effort into it to to get them together. These lovely little buildings, um, which can represent farmhouses or towns or cities, depending on how you're playing, uh, have actually been built up just from sort of solid off cuts of wood. Bosch. There you go. Church so done, buildings done. Don't need to mess around. Um, I just I really oh, like that, yeah. especially for ten mil. Ten mil, I think well, yeah. you're better having the smaller buildings, and then you just go. This is representative of the town. You're never actually going to be in it, especially if it works anything like Blucher does for Sam. Um, you don't actually inhabit the buildings; you just inhabit the area. But yeah, beautiful, beautiful project, and some really interesting tips. And uh, at the end of it, even though the uh, the armies still aren't painted. Everything else is the train's all ready to rock and roll, so it's just a case of adding as and when he can get back to it. Yeah, very and, cool. Uh, yeah, and then getting the actual armies finished off as well, and and soon the uh, I'm not sure who those are. Purple, or white, <laughs> could be Austrians. Someone, someone from from history, right? Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, so really nice stuff and uh, great runner-up. Well done to Apple very, Mac. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, our winner. And here's some more German for free. Yay! <laughs> Although it's not really German, because I think oh. it's it's an old worldy style empire. Uber die Brücke. Uber die Brocke. That's what it is. It. <laughs> um, and this this is another one we'd already seen. I. I I had to give a little shout out to Stargrave crew, but had to have this for the winner. Um, this is very much the epitome. 
in every way, shape and form of exactly what the sprinkling challenge is intended to be, where a diorama that was made in 1992, so mere 30 <laughs> years ago, to be entered into a competition that then they didn't enter it. So it was never really finished. It just got shelved. And, um, and this was at the time it came out of storage. So over the river, a Warhammer fantasy style fight or possibly just caravan. There's a lot going on, but it needed a serious amount of TLC. Oh, TLC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's the, the ogre from the old Warhammer fantasy role play front cover. Oh yeah. Ogre. yeah. From the front so, cover. Yeah. yeah and a little boat going underneath. Uh, so this piece of wonderment um, from Zebra had to be stripped back and cleaned. Now we've seen somebody dusting off some one piece plastic board game miniatures. This was a whole other rigmarole for Zebra. Uh, Easy, because, yeah. because none none of these are plastic. Every man jack of them is lead on this thing. Wow. And every bit of terrain there has been scratch built uh, by the actual real live dead twigs for the trees. So as it stood, it was in, uh, I think the phrase is right old state. Um, and then had to be stripped back. All of the models, I think he plucked off and literally cleaned mm. uh, one by one. So the first phase cleaning the plaster. So all the models ripped wholesale. It's enough to make me cry. Look at them all torn, torn from their places, uh, and then repair the actual whole base, clean it, repair it, get it back oh. up to snuff again. Um, in part and parcel of cleaning it up, he discovered that some of the models were starting to be affected by, um, if not lead rot, then certainly the, the, they've weathered, weathered poorly. So some of the models weren't going back on there. Oh dear. Afterwards. Uh, but the, building itself where the base board itself was all revamped cleaned reinvigorated to get it back to uh shining glory that lovely layer of snow slash plaster polyfill spackle whatever you want to call it <laughs> cake icing is there mm, yummy 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 yeah there's the big boat bella hello bella. Uh, that's so brilliant it was a, yeah. a big refurb job on every part of it from the ground up and it all had to be uh, cleaned, fixed, and then oh, repainted. Some motivation to get back into something that you haven't touched for a while, if we're fresh since 1992. Yeah. yeah There's but, some motivation to clean it all off, but it must be very rewarding. Yeah, and then um, after the rebuild of the base itself and everything was repainted, then it was a case of taking a look at the... Um, the figures themselves. So like I say, these all got cleaned, lovingly, lovingly cleaned, and then left out to dry. Can we ambiguate you if we can? There we go. So mm -hmm. some of them are very much the worse for wear. Some of them obviously yeah. thirty years ago, paint jobs would be different. Yeah. The paints would be different. So everybody improves over time. There he is. Look at him. Legend. Legend. <laughs> I never owned them. I always wanted them. Anyway, um, but it means then that you can revisit things with techniques that you didn't have 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Washes didn't exist. 
with the exception of you know actually applying washes yourself of a thinned paint so they flowed differently they behaved differently um just the range of acrylics was limited as well uh, mm -hmm. so it, it opened a lot more room for exploration very advancement. cool yeah. uh, and then obviously the miniatures that hadn't weathered particularly well didn't get to go back on uh, some of them had to be sacrifice for the greater good oh yeah. no that looks like a baby lava dragon i wonder if it is it yeah. looks like one of those classic old ones like the citadel ones yeah. Yeah. um do you say oh it's grenadier dragon lords oh there you go, oh, there go. Yeah. very nice anyway so the repainting trying to find colors that match or are close enough to deal with the chips without having to repaint the whole thing because it's it wasn't a complete strip down it was it was a spring clean it was a touch up and a refurb so if things could be left alone then they were left alone if things needed to be tidied up neatened up or fixed then they were fixed but it, it wasn't a case of doing it all again from scratch very cool. love them going through yeah. there i love the um the covered bridge as well yeah it's very very old world very it is it, it reminds me of something that you would have seen in warhammer world or even now you see in warhammer world like all the stuff's been put together that's very similar to that it's really cool it's not there's the even a pump wagon, wagon. <laughs> yeah. yeah somebody's about to suffer badly from that yeah probably the not yeah. and this one's just for warren <laughs> <laughs> oh dear i mean you know you're you're out of window overlooking and a river. You get the well, as well, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you get these. You can see there the sort of the damage done beforehand. Uh -huh. The plaster just eaten away. The the polystyrene broke yes. back, and then uh, no, I know, open the other scroll one. down. Scroll down on the oh, image. It's, oh, it's, it's a giant the same picture. Image. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well spotted, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> then neatened up. And there fixed. we go. Yeah. So yeah, the what a cool idea. Yeah, the the project is just a wealth of pictures. Unlike those old white dwarf or or GW dioramas like this, there's always something hiding somewhere. Whether it's somebody on the Some blue, blue bridge or you know somebody on the the bridge itself or going through the the building in the middle, there's just so much to see. It was just gorgeous. Very cool. Very cool. You can see how sort of vibrant things are now compared to how oh yeah dull chipped and weather beaten and even the side of the bridge oh it's, so, it's just come away different yeah congrats on uh, zebra outrider for even keeping it in the in the in the condition it was in to be honest absolutely yeah, yeah. so it's yeah, yeah cool. it's it's just a, a beautiful thing um and as you can see it finishes off with some lovely that looks unreal and that for me is what the spring clean challenge is all about pretty cool i don't Very know if there's cool. many other people sitting on 30 year old plus dioramas <laughs> that they fancy dusting off i Very don't think true. many people would be yeah. um yeah. but for somebody to have one and then just to, to dig yeah. it out and and go yeah. the hog oh, just had to be there for me had to be yeah so, so that yeah. is yeah uh, so second the, last or penultimate category i was gonna say yes i'll just recap that one so the runners up there were one of peace and apple mac well done uh, and then we also had the winner that was zebra outrider fantastic mm -hmm. stuff all right so that brings us on to our last 
section, but no, our not our least section. It is our little teeny tiny otter pups, the junior. Yay! Pups. The junior members this morning yes. keep trying to make us tell, make us, you know, categorize them as, but they're actually just otters. So. They're otter pups. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's how it goes. Um, no, this one is one where I can go. Everyone's a winner. Because uh, <laughs> I could only find three people who had entered this year, uh, which was interesting. Um, but all three are worthy of being chucked in front of you for a quick look. Worthy younglings. Yeah. Oh, of yes. Seeing, seeing what, what the next generation is up to and uh, how they're getting on. So our first up is Melissa Clarissa Pierce, mm-hmm. uh, who was doing some work on Escaping Blood Bowl team. Now, Melissa won last year. She, she did went win with last some year. Stormcast Eternals. Yeah, they I, wonder, were awesome. I wonder if the Skaven Blood Bowl team was her prize. <laughs> it might, might it's if, it, if it sat, yeah. if it sat for a year. Yeah. Um, now I will say, none of our three entrants have done a mass amount of updates for us. So there they are, building away the Skaven, being hard at it while listening to some. Uh, some Rick Astley. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Be, you two can be Rickrolled. Uh, yeah. But first off the bat, Melissa starting off on the Skaven, I have nudged her because I want to see how she's got on. They <clears> might be painted and they just haven't been updated in the project, but yeah. you, you never know. Yeah, oh, I really, I really, really love seeing the ones getting involved. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah, so it was actually for the Spring Clean Challenge last year, it says. Oh, was it? Oh, there you go. I just gave him a bubble team that my dad bought me for the Spring Clean Challenge. Fantastic. Well, no, maybe Perfect. it was bought for this. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah so our next runner-up is uh, not Sukar 4, but uh, Sukar 4's daughter, she's seven. And... and uh, and chose to paint a big dragon nice. called, called Jeff. Jeff? <laughs> Jeff? The, the name of the dragon is Jeff. That's wonderful. Uh, also, she was responsible for picking the, uh, picking the colours and applying them. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those out-of-the-mouth-of-babes things because anybody, when they reach a certain age, will just start going, well, it'll be an X dragon, it'll be this colour all over. Uh, whereas they've gone, no, oh, it'll be whatever colour I want. And if that means different parts are different colours, then different parts are different yeah. colours. Yeah. Splash the paint on. The important thing is not to stifle creativity and to encourage them. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. in this case, we have this big brute of a, a dragon um, and, and being taught the basics, dry brush, washes and uh, things like that. So... It's interesting. I quite like the... Um... On the first big mini. Yeah. As well. It's so different as well when you go on to your first big, big, big the, and changes the, from the taking such a small thing. Yeah. It's like a tail stuff there. It's like a barbershop pool coming at you. <laughs> It'll be very spiky. <laughs> so it's just, you know, interesting to see. And hopefully they'll continue. Yeah. Into the future. Absolutely. Keep on hobby. Mm. Teal. I still claim teal as my colour. Everybody else has just decided to start using. <laughs> could be a nice blue, though, I suppose. After the cyan. <laughs> could be that. Anyway, so Sukar 4, your daughter is a winner. Very awesome. Yeah. So we have our overall winner for the 
Young People Challenge, <laughs> uh, which is Starlight 7757. Rosamond, who's eight. Uh, and again, this one's got a bit of painting. And then, more importantly, a battle report. You can see why it won, just saying. So again, yeah, we have told you, we have told you this is how you win it. It's exactly <laughs> how you win for me. It's not. <laughs> High Elf Giant Eagles. Yeah. They were always good. Not as good as, you know, High Elf Bolt Thrower, but we'll get to the Bolt Thrower. Oh, nice. And I'm just having little tingles because these are the classic Proper old school classic plastic high elves that came in a if you want to paint high elves here's your little box yeah oh it wasn't cool. even that these were the fourth edition well they were in the the lizard set no they? They, they, these were the initial it was high elf against orcs and goblins with the stabby oh, stabby goblins wow okay yeah. so they, this was the first the Crikey change then. from hardback books into an actual starter set like people wow. would recognize today um which i'm fairly certain and it was bretonian but she does have the um griffin from the last high elf starter set before Island the of world blood. Was exploded yeah. and the blood with boobies the griffin yeah. <laughs> i love the uh the 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 cloak going on or at least jacket <laughs> oh yeah it's very yeah, mystically course. elven which i thought was quite cool yeah. the, the coat yeah, yeah. Yeah. That may just be so the paint doesn't go everywhere. That might that might be the case. Yeah. Yep. But splattering. Oh, all over the place. nice. Yeah. That's why nice I And interesting mix of old and new. So that is the the painting side, but then there's also the gaming side. So twelve hundred points of sixth edition. Also spring clean playing old hammer as well. Oh, that's Brilliant. just so good. Yeah. hundred percent good. Playing against twelve hundred points of dwarves. Victory was mine. Brooks a war of vengeance. Dwarf warriors. Not a war of the beard. Leaving yeah. not much <laughs> left on the table. Uh, and that that's all good. Because look, look at the square bases like nature intended. High elf bolt thrower. Two for two for hundred points. Fifty points each. Best artillery in the Warhammer. Nice. This is great. Save that report. Yes. I'm all for that. All for it all the time. So not just encouraging kids to get painting, but also gaming as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, sixth edition, while easier than some, still harder than a lot of the stuff today. Look, pink dice. Pretty. Perfect for elves. Up against uh, some interesting dwarves. Not sure who they are. They look like they might be. They look like the Cyrusiring dwarves on this side. The the ones on the left are the normal dwarf warriors from six six through the eight, I think. But the the ones on the right, I'm not sure where they're from actually. But uh, although they might be, there's some. I think there's some iron. Are there iron breakers in there? I can't tell. They look very different. It's very weird. The, oh, with the tiny axe on the back. They are actually the original Bugman's Rangers. Oh, they there you go. they are oh. classics. Wow, cool. Anyway. Yeah, nice little battle report being yep. played. Yeah. No, let's not focus on that stuff. Sorry, getting distracted. <laughs> as, as is often often the case. Yeah. Uh, oh, the nice. Pose. Absolutely. Sm- smashed your toys in, Dad. Ah, <laughs> ah, uh, so those are our winners for the Brilliant. Otter yeah. Pups, the junior category. Yeah, so uh, that was so- uh, Millie Clarissa Pierce was a runner-up. Sokar Fours daughter was a runner-up uh, and also starlight 7757 as well mm. you were the winner there we go 
Amazing. Congratulations, well done for everyone who's taken part in the Spring Clean Challenge. If you are looking to see if you are the winner or if you know you're the winner and are looking to claim your prize, if you come over to ontabletop.com, go to this more section and under the contact us, you'll find claim a prize. Click on that and underneath all of the prizes will be listed with the winners and then you can just get in there and claim your prize through that. I saw the name Shaw and was like, oh, I won. Oh, wait, no, I didn't even know. Oh, you did. No. <laughs> Not this time, Ben. Not this time. Uh, uh, and there there we have it. That wraps us up for another week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been fun looking through all your projects. Yeah. It really has. Yeah. Feel free to get involved next year. Or if you can't wait, you can always put up battle reports right now. Oh, breaking those golden yeah. Uh We shall not be back next week. You shall be back next week. I'm on holidays. <gasps> but if you want one last look at my lovely gub, I'll be here <laughs> Sunday morning for the XLBS show. That's over on tabletop.com uh, for our Cult of Games members. And if you're not already a cultist, you can join us with a 30-day trial. Uh, but until I get back, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.